Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 217 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. We are joined by a very special guest. Would you kindly introduce yourself? Uh, hey, everyone. This is Big Boss. You might, um, are uh, also known as Big Boss by Demand on Twitter. And uh, I'm just a big fan of these two guys. Love just them to death. Big fan. And I love hearing that a second time. Now, you may be wondering what I'm talking about when I say that. And, uh, <laughs> well, we recorded about 15 minutes into the show. Fortunately, we caught it nice and early. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, my mic was off. And I was just mentioning when I entered a call with Carrick and Boss here that I was like, I hold on, I can't hear you guys. For some reason, my audio has been weird. The same thing happened in the beginning of my stream. Uh, my mic and headphones weren't there. And I was talking for a minute into my stream. And my chat was like, hey, Maddie. Uh, for some reason we can't hear you. So I had to like change all that. And I guess it carried over into here and I have not moved anything in the audio equipment department. So not sure what happened, but uh, here we are redoing the first part of our podcast over again. Uh, So briefly, just to catch everyone up, what we have is a Patreon. If you want to support that, you can flick a buck our way, just like wonderful boss has. And uh, if you do so, you can join uh, the discord. You also get early access to the show. You get to support myself or Carrick. Carrick has a great Patreon with a ton of tiers like I do. So if you want to support us, even if it's just at a dollar, that's why we say flick a buck because we try to give the most value at the lowest tiers because we know uh, there's so many subscription services out there. So we want to make sure uh, we we are as helpful with that as possible. Uh, But anyway, um, with all of that out of the way, secret projects still in development. Carrick, you working on anything? Yeah, uh, just um, preparing for the reviews that are next week. Mm-hmm. Going to be a busy Whatever time. code we end up getting. Yes, all in limbo. A job in limbo. All in limbo, yep. <laughs> and, boss, how about yourself? Uh, really pl- playing a lot of Total War Warhammer 2. Uh, they're coming out with a new DLC pretty soon on the 11th. Uh, been spending a lot of time with that. Bought uh, a couple of uh, the classic CRPGs on GOG. Uh, the old Infinity Engine games, the old D&D games, and playing a bit of those, too, but I just don't have the time to beat them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, going through Tyranny, too, which, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with what YouTube said about Tyranny. It's definitely a fantastic game so far. Only about three, four hours in, but I'm really loving it. Good stuff. Good stuff. And you said you're joining, in the process of joining the Air Force, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Currently in uh, the enlistment process, it's been getting delayed uh, pretty bad. Um, started mm-hmm. last September, so I'm almost a year into the process and it just keeps getting delayed. But yeah, enlisting into the uh, U.S. Air Force. Um, but don't worry, I'll still be listening to you two guys. <laughs> Very nice. We appreciate that. And, and best of luck on your on your adventure or your journey, whichever sounds best, I guess, to you. Um <laughs> So let's move on to what was the thing a lot of us were waiting for this week, which is the Cyberpunk 2077 gameplay. Uh, I'm a little ticked off that we did lose that initial recording because I went on a pretty good spiel <laughs> about this whole entire gameplay. Uh, and not in a ranting negative way, by the way. I, I think it sounded a little negatively tailored, but I, I promise you it wasn't. But um, what I always wanted to talk about off the rip both times was the terminology for the Cyberpunk gameplay because we saw how... Uh, they they were referencing this the whole time as the 2019 deep dive gameplay, but yet what we saw initially in 2018, I would argue, was a lot more. We saw all the systems naturally flowing into place. It didn't feel as scripted. It was just 40-plus minutes of straight gameplay, and you just can't script all of that. I mean, it had a cinematic presentation to it, but overall, I thought the terminology for it was interesting because what we saw here was 
uh, a glaze over the top of everything. You know, we got to peek into the leveling system. We got to peek into some of the street vendors. Uh, we got to peek into a quest. Yeah. We learned a little bit about the Pacifica district. We learned a little bit about the gangs there. Um, I'm glad they kept the main narrative to their chest. That's important. But overall, uh, it felt like a lot was sort of skimmed over. It didn't feel like the deep dive. And uh, Carrick, I'd like to know, do you reciprocate that feeling? Where are you on the deep dive? Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit prior, and I was saying the only thing I can assume is because of the question and answer Mm. at the end was why they covered why they said that. But it did it it was a weird title. Um, It was confusing enough. Like I said, I emailed them because (laughs) when they said it was fifteen minutes, I was like, "How's that a deep dive?" And it could have been an amazing deep dive too. It could have been fifteen minutes of just pure data. Uh, Mm. Luckily, actually, in a weird way, even though it was named weird, I'm glad they didn't because then. I think it would have been really hard to parse a video that was trying to cover like what they covered in those questions. Mm-hmm. That was pretty insane. But yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely an odd title for, and it was sort of odd that they did it today and were like, it's going to be its day, own no thing. Less. It was sort of like, oh, this is uh, yeah, this is an odd timing. There's uh, I couldn't find any reason mm-hmm. other than some big games are coming out, but that's not a for them. Yeah, not that's, for them. That's not know, a big deal. Not for the, yeah, they're slowly yeah, so becoming a rock star in that regard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember how Rockstar would release like a trailer for GTA Five, and the internet itself would slow down mm-hmm. because so many people were waiting to watch it. So, yeah. and there were, dude, there were like, if I remember right, twenty thousand people in this Twitch before it went live. Yeah. Like there were people hours ahead of time already waiting to watch this fifteen-minute video and see their discussions. It's gotta be really? awesome for them as a development oh, team. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Twenty. Damn. Yeah, yeah right. it, I could be wrong on that number, but it was thousands upon thousands, and it was way before it ever started because I was in there watching it. Just yeah, that, that is great, man. That is great. So, Carrick and uh, Boss, you you both sat down, and watched the gameplay. Boss, during the last recording, you had muted the sound and watched a little bit of the gameplay. Um, did you get any further? Uh, I have finished the video now. I'm just uh, rewatching okay. a little bit at the beginning in case I missed anything. All I missed was the guy shooting his head off, really. Okay. Um, I pretty much get a gist of it, and I am watching it with subtitles, so I am reading the uh, dialogue going on. But right. uh, yeah, I, I have some thoughts now to actually uh, to give. So, like I said before, um, it uh, definitely doesn't look quite as sharp as the initial uh, 40 to 48 minutes uh, that we got before, which I think is okay. I think some people are going to be upset with that. Um, as always, you know, some people will probably scream downgrade like they do with Spider-Man and stuff like that. Oh, God. Um, but it still looks visually, it still looks, you know, one of, one of the better, one of the better looking games that's coming out, um, coming out next year uh, or just within this uh, 12 month span of time of games that we are currently aware of. Mm. Um, uh, there were a few things I did want to point out as far as the gameplay is concerned. I do like what I'm seeing. Um, it's definitely some stuff we've seen before. Like you guys mentioned before day sex, it's definitely got some day sex with, with some of the, ha- with all the hacking and the gadgets and the augmentations and stuff. There is some of that there. Uh, and I am familiar enough with the cyberpunk. I never actually played the original game, but um, I have like listened to uh, podcasts and stuff from people that have played the tabletop or described the lore uh, hmm. somewhat in preparation for this game. Um, and yeah, it does. It definitely has a very interesting world. It has it has a world that I'm definitely looking forward to. I'd prefer Shadowrun personally, but some people don't like the fantasy elements of that uh, cyberpunk setting. 
But I do really like what they're going for. The, a very future 80s, like definitely dark, the kind of dark dystopian uh, future that you'd see in a lot of 80s sci-fi. Um, it's definitely got that aesthetic going for it, and I really like that. I love the j- just sort of the bathing of neon on a lot of stuff, the bright colors. Um, but that's all visual. As far as gameplay goes, the the combat is the only thing I'm a little iffy on. And this was something I was not the biggest fan of in uh, The Witcher 3. And I mentioned it um, in our Discord and a few others. Uh, it's just the combat really didn't do it for me too much in Witcher 3. For me, it was more the world and the characters and stuff. And, you know, I think, like, um, it, it, games can definitely get away with... I, I, I don't want to come across as saying the combat's, like, terrible or anything. But they can get away with just basement, you know, not... Like, Bargain Basement, not that great, like, combat. Um, RPGs especially get away with that a lot. I can't think of too many RPGs that have what you would call, like, good combat. And even if I thought it was good, I'm sure somebody else, like, just as many people could disagree with me and point out why they think it's bad. Um, But I think... I I think the, the shooting reminds me... A lot of Fallout 4, and I'm sure some people will probably take that a little negatively, but I kind of see it with just seeing the, the, the health bar above the enemies and seeing the level of the enemies and then just seeing them kind of soak bullets, uh, or at least some of them soak bullets the way they do, and seeing the hit marker and uh, on a few of the guns at least, a bit of a lack of impact. It reminds me a lot of Fallout 4 combat, which I didn't hate. I liked the combat and that game all right so i just hope there's enough perks and weapon variety to keep it fresh and i'm not just running around with uh you know with with just a with just a um with just a pistol or just a just an assault rifle i i like seeing uh the character take the gun out of the uh the turrets i thought that was pretty cool the world definitely seems very um lively which was probably my biggest concern with any open world game is whether or not it looks, you know, lively enough mm-hmm. uh, to be in. And it definitely, it gives me, it, it gives me some positive vibes. Uh, I'm not gushing over it. I'm not like mega hyped for it or anything. I'm, I'm not going to put a pre-order down for it, but it's definitely got me interested. And I, I think it'll be a solid game once it comes out, at least from my first impressions. Yeah. I, I agree with what you said about RPGs. I don't want to say getting a free pass because uh, but I get what you're saying, and I, I do agree with that, because I think RPGs sort of boil down to the systems that they allow you to interact with and how many ways you can do it. And we saw a lot of that in the gameplay. We saw um, two specific builds. One was Solo Strong, which was more along the lines of strength, and you were tearing open, door- tearing open doors and punching enemies out and throwing bodies in trash cans. Uh, so they showed that you could like kind of stealth approach that. But then they were showing the Netrunner, which allowed you to hack into a training robot and, and knock someone out, or you could hack into an alarm system and shut it down or take it over yourself and turn it into your own alarm system. Um, kind of a la Watch Dogs, it was, it was very much an interactive open world, although um, what I viewed as a little bit more, and, and once again, this is going to be a word that has a negative connotation to it, but I don't mean it negatively, a little more linear. Um, by that, I mean that um, when you look at uh, what we'll say cyberpunk, I don't think that every single animals hideout is going to have some guy boxing a training dummy i think that's a very much a, a set piece there to give someone who's playing as a net runner a cool interactive moment that they can call back to because it's very much a standout thing and even the developers afterwards in the panel if you want to call it that or the q a talked about how um they wanted to bring a lot of variety to the world 
and how it was very important to them to create a world that felt different in each district and that involved a lot of assets. And so I personally think that you're not going to see that type of interaction everywhere. And, and that, that gives the districts that unique flavor. But I think for that to happen, uh, you need to bring a sense of linearity where we're going to put this camera here next to this person placed here so that if you're a net runner, you can interact in that specific way. It's, I wouldn't say a little more handholdy. Uh, I'd just say it's a little more guided. It's a guided hand approach, which isn't bad at all because it's it gives you sort of this, I get this feeling of like, oh my God, like it, you just instantly see like the idea of what you can do light up in your head when you enter a location because it's so precisely crafted. R- aside from a watchdogs where on like four corners of a building, you have a camera and you're just kind of working your way around it like a like a 2D platform. It's, it's really strange uh, sometimes. So I like how it's a little more focused in that regard. But um, yeah, overall, the gameplay system that introduced, interested me the most was definitely um, the Netrunner. I thought the idea of like overloading someone's chip in their head and making them just shoot themselves like that's kind of grim but um it kind of fit the universe and it was a creative way to approach combat uh stealth seemed like the more uh rather the best way to play when you looked at some of the gunplay and 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 the hand-to-hand combat and compared to the level design and the systems in place for netrunner it just seemed like more options where i could go guns blazing if i had to but i was able to shut down systems and rework the level to my desires i don't see a point in doing a strength solo or, or whatever they called it playthrough um but then again we did mention earlier deus ex how um some of the level interactivity was there where uh, i really like that in in uh, human revolution the only deus ex game i've played where uh, for example if you had like three strength i think it was you could lift up a fridge and behind that fridge might be a vent you could crawl into and that can lead you to an alternate ending to your side quest. I like that a lot. And it seems like cyberpunk's really taking inspiration from that, which makes me happy. Cause I think that's a very strong part of its game, but uh, overall, yeah, I, I liked more of the, the net runner aspect. Carrick, did you have a preference? Um, hang on. <laughs> Had to have a I, uh, yeah. Um, so this is where I think we started, restarted the podcast, right? Yep. I want to make sure. Correct. Okay. So make sure my memory is right. All right. So, I did like the idea of having the animal, the the robotic spider. My dogs, Jesus! Mm-hmm. The robotic Last time spider. It was mine. <laughs> Dude, it's killing me. Um, I love the idea of the robotic spider. I think the idea of having him plus uh, I, the, the uh, like heavy weapon would be cool because the spider can sort of uh, wick off enemies. One thing. So I want to talk about two things real quick though that sort of aren't in line with that. The first is that people are saying it's not as sharp. That is. It, it, that's absolutely true. I've watched the 4K native that they did. It's mm-hmm. definitely using uh, T, uh, TXAA, which is a temporal anti-aliasing without a sharpening filter. So things do look a little bit blurrier. But I do want to make the terminology correct because I know Grimblade right now is kicking shit over at his house <laughs> if he's listening. Because people are talking about sharper. There's two, and this is online. It's not Big Boss. He's reading what people are saying and, and responses. Sharper is a, a really a definition usually used for the resolution and then less polygons is something i noticed mm-hmm. which was like the cans that came out of the can machine oh were, yeah okay were, look like lincoln logs here's the thing i love so this the N64. i love it because i want people's expectations to be at where a game can hit them yeah and yeah, i agree the, and this, to me, was awesome because, yes, people will, if they don't understand development, they'll be like, it, it, you know, it should look like this, blah, blah, blah. But that's not, you know, development can go both ways. You can see games really get a huge jump if somebody finds an optimization route 
or you can see them take a bit of a fall because they can't do what they want to do. I think this is a great time to see what looks like a more realistic interpretation because people were trying to tell me in that demo demo past when they were like hiding it from everybody but like some select people. They were like, mm -hmm. I saw people that I really respect saying this could never be done on current gen and that's complete utter bullshit. You that it's complete bullshit. It's what you actually will live with as a restriction to get it on your current gen. And I, I hate that kind of comment because it'll then make people think, oh, it's a next-gen title only, or it's... No, it, it'll be on all these. It just won't perform amazingly, obviously. Mm -hmm. It'll be locked, or it'll have things turned down. So Sharp, I definitely see that. There, It, it almost looks like a different anti-aliasing method used. And Plus it, the YouTube and Twitch compression. When YouTube you and it. Twitch compression is a big deal. And then I want to talk about the test dummy, or the boxing dummy. Because what I saw was not what they did... I saw what I would do. They hacked the testing dummy, or the, the boxing dummy. I would have hacked him so the boxing dummy could beat him up. And that's where I think you'll have two different styles of things you could do. Where one person could hack him and freeze him, and the boxing dummy's beating the shit out of him. Right? And they didn't show that. They showed them taking the boxing dummy over, amping its power, and it blows his head off. And I could see... Just by looking just there, there's at least two or three other ways in which you could use the boxing dummy to do something. Also, the timing. Is that guy going to be there with a the boxing dummy all the time? What if he's gone? What if he's over here guarding something and you turn it on and he looks over and goes, what's that? Why is that moving? And then he walks over and you're now able to stealth behind him. So to me, what I saw was them displaying the three typical ways we do games, which is heavy firepower, you know, heavy thought, and then heavy stealth. And they showed, to me, I would say, sort of a heavy intelligence, you know, high intelligence thought, yeah. which is I'm going to hack the computer. But there's other ways to do it. So I was really excited for that. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of people blowing shit out of proportion and being like, you're going to be able to magically create a cloud machine that's going to come in. And you're like, what the fuck? Where did you get that idea? <laughs> so to me, what I saw was a really cool interpretation of what we're probably going to see day and date. And graphically, I would love for the cans to be cleaned up. I'm not talking about that. Um, but one thing I did, I took some notes, and there was two things that impressed me image quality-wise in this demo in particular. One was that every single time they walked outside, there was zero NPC pop-in of armor or textures where they were like, pop, where somebody's armor goes from being really generic to like, ding, and it's got fucking spikes on it and all this mm -hmm. shit or people are disappearing and that happens in final games so my hope is their image quality idea is to keep that really solid and make sure that the world feels you know cohesive together everything sort of has this nailed down thought process and then additionally i thought their use of depth of field and their use of fog was pretty intelligent to allow them to maybe get some more frames per second there if you notice almost every place had this little bit of fog there was a, every place, even if you looked far away, had there was a lot of depth depth of field, which you eat up a couple FPS by using that, but you also save FPS if you have highly detailed background structures. So I was I was overall I was actually happy we got to see a better interpretation of the game for what I thought it was always going to be, which is a little dialed down from the expectations that yes they, you know, at times delivered by not showing everybody stuff and just showing certain people. But I was I I liked. I liked what we saw a lot um, because I think it grounds us a little bit more. And we can say this is pretty much 
what the expectation is, and then we get the quest details from the inve uh, from the discussions later. And mm -hmm. I thought that that mel melded quite well with what we saw. I'll agree with Big Boss. Well, and you, I said this in my stream. Wasn't in love with the shooting. Very alpha protocol, which is where the stats drive the the where the bullets go. There were some things there that looked a little odd. Um, guns didn't have a huge amount of impact, but then the guy was asked that question and actually explained later that depending on what you upgrade, you have more impact, smaller rectical, uh, changes the way you reload even. And I thought that was really cool, um, but it's something you always fight with these kind of games, right? The shooting always feels off in any of these kind of games where those RPG elements can drive some of the, you know, accuracy, power, you know, because where yours might be different than mine. Mm -hmm. And it, you get that thing. Also, I will point out last thing. Uh, they showed this. Um, if you looked at the HUD, uh, you can track that they showed multiple builds of the same character at different levels. So mm. some people were saying, that, yeah. yeah, so some people were saying, oh, well, he did this and this one. If you actually look at hit points and you look at maxes, you actually see it switching a couple times. That's because they weren't like, let's give him all, let's have all footage be of this one character and all footage be of this one there was some there was a couple jumps where they might have done themselves some disservice mm -hmm. by you know maybe having the really strong guy at an 18 strength one time and then a 40 the next if you get my drift gotcha. and you see different things but uh, yeah mm -hmm. i liked what i saw i i mean I, and i liked what i heard I, I i thought a lot of the questions they answered were were really cool really good ideas on some of the questions yeah and it seemed um, there was a level of like polish to the script, like you know, at the end in the Q and A yeah. session. But it seemed a little more organic. Like they were laughing a little bit. Yeah. They were you know stuttering a little bit. Um, yeah, it, it overall looked really good. I, I liked um, pretty much. It, it satiated something that uh, I was looking for, and I think it was uh, the level of choice across all the systems. Um, I was just really happy that even when I had my expectations lowered a little bit, because I read some impressions that you know everyone's really hyped on this game, but I saw some impressions yeah. that were like, Hey, it's, it looks good. Um, there yeah. could be some issues. And I think it's good that people are willing to be objective in the, in the face of a lot of people freaking out about this game. And so, uh, I didn't want to ignore that personally because there was the chance we saw this and I was like, uh, um, and yeah, like, I, I think that's why all three of us have sat here because we all reasonably expected like, yeah, there might be a little bit of difference from last year. And um, there was, it wasn't super significant, but it was there. And yeah. I think that's why I was able to like everything else I saw because I was, I was ready for something like that. Not in the terms of what I'd call a downgrade. There was just a little bit of a change. Um, but boss, you had something else you wanted to mention? Uh, yeah. So this was something I, I think I noticed. Um, what well, we definitely talked about this in the 40 minute gameplay trailer when that launched too. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not, a, I'm not too impressed by some of the AI. Now, I don't know if this is just for show but I'm seeing a lot of characters just kind of standing there and taking bullets like they're nothing or like melee characters just running straight up to you while you're wielding a big ass rifle. Right. Uh, I'm not like, I'm not an expert on this kind of stuff, but I remember something similar when we saw the 40 minute gameplay. I'm just not, I'm sure the enemy variety will make up for it. Um, and like we said, the, the, the combat isn't necessarily like the main main thing i think you go into these games for but it was just something else i noted while watching i was wondering what you two thought on it yeah uh, ai is I, always always tricky because um 
it's something that's so easy to overlook, I think, in the heat of the moment, because if, like, the gameplay's making you feel powerful, then you don't care what the enemy's doing because you're successfully doing something cool to them. And Cyberpunk does a lot of that, where you saw, like, at one point you used, like, some whip that that was, like, orange. Mm-hmm. I forgot. There's a specific mm-hmm. name for it in the lore, but um, you know, he whips someone's head off. He blows someone's head off with the hacking, and it's like... If you're making the game to make, for example, the ability to override someone to either jam their gun or have them blow their own head off, how do you have to have that enemy operate where they're still challenging for someone whose gun's blazing, but yet they're stable enough for someone to look at them and read the options and then press one and know what they're doing? I think it's a tough balance to strike. And so, yeah, you're definitely going to see a lot more enemies standing around or they're going to go into one bit of cover. They're going to just pop up, shoot, go down, pop up, shoot. You're not going to see something like The Last of Us or uh, Uncharted-level types of AI where it's very intelligent. They're flanking you. You hear enemies communicating. Um, it's Once again, it just brings up the factor that, uh, you know, there's... I don't want to say there's only so much they can do. We always want to have the best and expect the best. But when you have these super deep RPG systems, these multiple styles of play, these levels that work within those RPG systems, multiple endings to quests, uh, I just wonder, can they go the next level on AI too and make it super cohesive and interactive uh, and challenging without being just bullet sponges? Because at first I thought Sasquatch, the animal leader was spongy and i was actually joking about it on my stream and then actually as i said that our our character kind of wraps around her and shoots in her back uh this little purple thing i forgot what exactly it stood for but when he shot that her health completely disintegrated and like he was instantly doing a ton more damage i think that's where it's gonna flourish is because yeah the ai might not be challenging but they'll have a lot of health you'll do something to interact with the world or the level or the person you're fighting and that will weaken them, and then you'll get the satisfaction of almost solving a puzzle. I think that's how it's going to go, personally. I think, I think also we're so. First of all, we're not. I don't want to say we're in uh, not not the term entitled. We're accustomed to lately, especially some enemies that are do a lot of juking and moving mm-hmm. and dodging when you fire. It even happened in control, and in control, there's a couple characters that you're facing off against the normal ones. That, and you're able to toss things at them with your psychic powers, and then you get to these guys, you throw it, and they just dodge out of the way. Mm-hmm. We do know, and they talk about it in the question and answer, there are characters that use your superpower as well, which is slow down time, and you see them zipping around. So I actually think we will see those characters, but what we will see is certain characters using narratively correct uh, cybernetic powers when you face them. And I think we did see a lot of a particular clan that was the big brutish guys, which is yeah. why we didn't see them doing a lot of that. Yeah. We will. They've shown video of the guys, like almost like a Tron light bike. Mm-hmm. Goes, and yeah. those, and they discussed that. And the thing said they're using the same power you use to slow down time, except you're seeing it this time. And that's how that's how you would look if you were using it to the enemy. So I think we'll just see group makeups be different. So we will see the spammy. We will see those guys, and hopefully, narratively, they have a reason. Do they have armor? You know, do they do they have personal shields? Which mm-hmm. it looks like um, what's her name had um, Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. She had a personal shield, which they also described. He didn't shoot her with a normal gun. Oh, he yeah. actually was required to use a special bullet to break that thing on her back. So it's not a typical. I'm going to circle around you and shoot your weak spot. He not only circled around her, but then had I can't remember what the guy says, but there's a circle oh. that melted. Yeah, that melts the bullet, and that is able. So there were there was a thought process 
that doubles down, which if you follow the RPG, that's actually how the RPG works as well. That like, it it's two things, not one thing. So it's not the typical boss spam of circling around. You'll still be able to whittle them away, chip damage, right? It'll just take you longer. And um, I, I'm okay with that, uh, like overall. I'm, I think the AI, what we saw, it looked like what I expected from those character clans he talked about. Yeah, and like, so, I didn't think the animals would be super strategic and right. buffed up. Mm-hmm. from the, the, And uh, they're talking about drinking juice and shit. Yeah. You know, they're rolling around in testosterone. So those guys are going to be your brutes, which I felt we dealt with a lot. Um, and then he, he discussed the other group, the voodoo guys, uh, mm-hmm. where it seems like they are more the cyber hacking. So what I personally felt when I watched these is that we were seeing the two groups that we that aren't super fast Mm -hmm. we see a group that's more into hacking their body or hacking the environment and we see a group that's huge i personally feel we're probably going to see in a later trailer cyber ninjas i don't know any other way to say it i (laughs) I mean you might be right (laughs) there are cyber ninjas yeah there are cyber ninjas and so my opinion is that they'll probably be the elite and that that will be the test of you i would love to see like a tokyo themed district in night city i think that would be the coolest thing well, and they had Middle Eastern, some Middle Eastern themed uh, restaurants they showed and some, you know, so they, they, they had different stuff there. They had some almost Harlem kind of mm-hmm. districts, you know, based, so like really the dregs, the down and outs. So I think we will. Um, the AI I saw, that's what I always test. What I saw looked probably on par for what I expected for those areas. But I will admit they sat around a lot. I think the problem with a Twitch stream is that you and I aren't playing it. Mm-hmm. And when you're playing it, you are focused on the one guy. You're trying to crowd control, but you're like, this guy's going to kill me. I'm focusing on him. And it's easy for a dev to say, hey, you know, he's focusing on him. It's almost like a movie where you see five guys around one dude, but they all wait so that yeah. one can attack him at a time. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't make it into the final game. That's I all I can say. Or if it does, it makes narrative sense. Like these guys ain't smart, but they are big. and And that's what it's about. We'll have to see. Or, or it's like a Mexican standoff situation, like it's yeah. human and a, and a leader surrounded by their bodyguards or something. Yeah, yeah. and I definitely agree. I, I see what you're, uh, what you guys mean by that. I think because um, I, I, from what little I read through, uh, I read the third edition book of Cyberpunk, which I, I guess to some Cyberpunk fans is seen as like the holy grail of the books. That was the one they all told me mm-hmm. to check out because I looked at a little bit of first edition and some of the stuff in first edition is kind of laughable. Like, uh, so they definitely retconned a few things for the game it, to make it better, to make it more contemporary. Um, and I'm just digressing here because I think this is funny. One of the most advanced pieces of technology in first edition was literally like a fucking clip phone from the late 90s or early 2000s. And it costs like $1,000 or something. So, um, and I I do, uh, but the enemy variety in the book is insane. Like you've got cyber dogs, you've got cyber ninjas, you've got cyber everything. You've got like robot birds, you've got uh, sentry bots, you've got like, uh, uh, you got like these uh, floating tank drones. Uh, that literally fire like tank shells at people. They also have a specific squad. Um, I I don't know if this is the same squad they showed in the 40 minute uh, gameplay thing, but uh, or in some of the trailers. But there is like a squad of guys that similar like the cops in other games when you cause a lot of ruckus. Yeah. Uh, these guys are specifically designed to take down uh, cyborg and like like cyborgs, you know, mm-hmm. enhanced uh, people in the games. And these guys are like blo- like 
city block levelers. Like these guys are basically former, uh, I think in Shadowrun they have something similar, but they're like former criminals in that game, and they're basically like reprogrammed and brainwashed and doing the same thing. In this one, I think it's a it's like an en- enlistment thing. Well, and we that... actually see them too. In oh, yeah. It, they're oh, the helicopter that's destroying the entire apartment level. That's actually those that group. They don't care about any. If there's somebody in doing something, they'll level the entire group. And if you watch, there's two parts in that trailer where they have a helicopter just destroying an apartment building. Oh, and I'm seeing actually, it now. Yeah. That's actually literally that team. And I can't remember the name, but it's like it, it would be our squad, uh, SWAT, you know, but SWAT with the ability to just say, fuck it. And if they're taking out one person, they're just like, we're just take out everybody to kill the aggressor. And it's very judged. It's very yeah, very judged. Yeah, yeah which I like. I like kind mm-hmm. of having that uh, that kind of cold hearted enemy because um, they. I think their thing is like they literally removed their uh, a lot of what makes them human, so emotion. they don't. Yeah, yeah, their emotion and which they can literally do because of how <laughs> the universe works, and it's kind of crazy. And I really, really like that. And I, they're probably going to be like the high level enemies, kind of yeah. like um, in New Vegas, how like uh, the NCR Ranger and stuff like that were like the high level guys and like don't piss them off because they got sequoias that can one shot you um or uh in deus ex were like the the uh, police in that game like uh you weren't meant to fight them but those were like guys armed design like they were characters like meant to like take your guy down if you cause too many problems and they mm-hmm. had like mechs and stuff too so i think that's really cool i do think the enemy variety is going to make up for whatever may I'll just say seem lacking because I don't want to make any judgments on the AI. Um, but I'm sure the enemy variety is definitely going to uh, be be pr- be pretty good, be pretty loaded for this game. So yeah, good, good to hear. Well, hopefully it does turn out that way. It seems like they're staying pretty close to the the holy the holy Bible. Of, I do of have to mention one thing. Go for let's, it. Let's let's finish it real quick with one negative thing if we have it, and then one positive thing. So we finish it on a positive note. Does that sound fair? Yeah, no. Do it it like that. Um, My negative thing is the fact that the vehicles are not, the drivable vehicles are freeform. The flying ones are not. And they said you have to, you have to basically pay out the ass to get like a flying car. But they've already stated very clearly, and I just looked this up because we talked about it in the stream. They will not be controllable. I find that until they explain why that would be a thing, I find that asinine that I'm paying to basically fast travel. Um, which fast travel will probably be already be in the game with a subway system or a taxi system or, well, your own car. I found that really odd because they made it a big deal. They're like, rich people have aeroplanes or fucking, and they called them that. They like, it wasn't like airplanes. It was like, you know, cars that can fly kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we know those won't be controllable. And I found that, an, uh, why would I buy that? Like that, you know, so that depressed me because I would love to have a helicopter and just go nuts. Uh, and the thing that impressed me is they said that there are, that they really showed all the vehicles and they were saying that they made a concentrated effort that it's not just about the car. It's not just about the motorbike. If you want to get in a utilitarian shit vehicle that like, you know, delivers cranes, you'll be able to do that. And I love the idea of, because originally I think a lot of us thought it was going to be maybe one car and the motorbike or something. And they said, no, there's going to be multiple vehicles you can control all with different HUDs inside. And that's just one extra element I like. Um, you'll probably have to hack them, I'm assuming, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to get into somebody else's vehicle. But I was just, I really liked that idea. It was like two things. One thing I didn't like about it, but in the exact same category, one thing that 
uh, I'm excited for. I, it's going to be kind of nitpicky. I didn't like uh, when uh, we saw our character driving around in first person, uh, whether it was the bike or the car, the FOV was, was mm, really strange. Narrow. And, and so what would happen is like, if you're in the car, like the whole left side just was mm-hmm. completely blocked by, I, I don't know the name of the actual car part, but it's like this little sliver and then the window, and then it's held mm. together by those two side pieces. But the one on the left just crowded the screen an obscene amount uh, where I know I'm only driving in third person in that game. Cause it was really sure. first person driving looked awful. Like I'm just going to say it straight up. It looked awful. Uh, the thing I really liked obviously would probably be the RPG systems. I love uh, just the feeling, even if I don't replay a game, I just love knowing when I'm in that first playthrough, uh, how I'm going to customize my character and, and, and tinker with, with all the play styles. And I liked seeing the multiple backstories, uh, easily my favorite thing for mass effect was that and they said that that determines sort of your origin story at the beginning of the game which reminded me of dragon age origins another favorite game of all time for me from a company i used to really like uh, or at least a uh, era of a company i love and so um not just nostalgia there but uh, good execution on on ideas that you don't see too often in games uh so i, I really like that personally yeah uh, I guess my negative uh, would just sort of be um, the gunplay, uh, which I, I don't want to harp too much on. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's bad. I think it looks fine. Like, I think it looks oh, it looks all right. It looks like Fallout 4, in my, my opinion. And I like Fallout 4's combat system because of all the perks and customization, which actually leads into my positive, is the cu- the character progression and the customization for this game looks excellent. This is what I think I care about the most when it comes to these kinds of games, because we see we see RPG elements in a lot of other games, where the skill tree is like obvious. It's like, why would I take this skill? Why would I take this skill? Even in something like Deus Ex, I was like, yeah. well, okay, I'm gonna get invisibility. Like, mm-hmm. why would I not take this? Like, some yeah. of the skills just felt too obvious. Yeah, Whereas this game, the others, I got you. Yeah, like I'm looking at the skill tree right now, and I'm looking at all the stats, and it's like I'm I'm actually like try, like thinking like. Like, how would I build mine? Would I put points here, here? And I like that. I like being able to have that kind of choice. Also, on uh, last note, it has a cool stat mm-hmm. for how cool you are, yeah, which I think is... I, I, uh, uh, during the Q&A, <laughs> yeah, during the q and uh, they, they were, like, explaining how it's not cool, cool. Like, you want to be cool. I, but they're, <laughs> I know. Yeah, no they were like, stress. it's cool under pressure, yeah. Yeah, which I was just yeah. like, why didn't you call it control or something like that? Everyone's going to see it and be like, cool, what the fuck? <laughs> I was going cost- to max out cool just for just for ego. Yeah. Just sauntering <laughs> like a pimp walk in yeah. St. Yeah. Row, where you're just like, oh, yeah, and everybody's all, man, that guy looks cool. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately not. All right. I, I, st- I just still love the idea of having a cool stat, even if it's not mm-hmm. what, what yeah. we, like literal, coo- like, like coolness. Like, I mm-hmm. still love the idea of, like, I'm going to max out my cool stat. Yeah. Just telling someone that with no contact. <laughs> I, I, got, I got max cool. I got five stars. <laughs> All right. It would be cool to just oh, do. Uh, no, I was just saying it would be cool to just do a cool character, like that's his skin. Mm-hmm. Like just max the shit out of that, and then you know you don't have weapons that bounce around as much. You know your aim is pretty solid, but you don't have the best weapons or the best skills. But you're just solid under fire. Like you don't have <laughs> the biggest gun in the world, but y- it doesn't matter how many people you're facing. You're just like fuck you guys. I'm taking yeah. you on. I sort yeah. of dig that. I do too. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Okay, now I think we're officially ready to move on. <laughs> I tried <laughs> twice in that process, and I was like, okay, All I right. guess, you know, no, no, I do want to apologize. What happens, ladies and gentlemen, is there's like a pause, 
Um, and so I think I'm like, okay, time to move on to the next topic because I'm good and presumably everyone else is. But since there's a mic delay, what will happen is I'll start to say something and Carrick will be like, oh, wait, one last thought. And, and we'll just cut each other off. And I'm like, keep going. <laughs> keep going. We'll take all we can get. Uh, but now we move on to topic three, which is Dying Light 2. It got 26 minutes of brand new gameplay. So on one end of the week, we had Cyberpunk. On the earlier part of the week, we had this um, much more extensive preview uh, akin to what we saw last year with Cyberpunk uh, when it came to Dying Light 2. Um, big, big focus in this Dying Light 2 gameplay was choice and consequence. Uh, it was always, I think, five times they showed just a left option, or I'm sorry, a left option and a right option. And um, it seemed very much uh, structured, which is, I think, good. Um, the open world and parkour system is incredible. Uh, they doubled the amount of parkour moves in the game. Uh, they showed off a lot of systems in place. Uh, just looks excellent. And I love the original Dying Light. Um, I didn't care about the story, like I think a lot of people can agree on. But being yeah, I, in that I, world, uh, getting getting all the weapons, all the mods, creating like these crazy cool characters and uh, just traversing. It kind of reminded me of how I felt about like Sunset Overdrive, Spider-Man, Funny Enough 2, Insomniac games. When I just liked being in the world and moving in the world. And that was one of my favorite hooks in the gameplay, which I think is easily like a top three strength your game can have. That fucking moving in your game is ridiculously fun. And especially in Dying Light 2, where we saw lots of movement chaining into attacks, uh, I was I was very blown away with what I saw. I, I, I was already big on this game from what I saw last year when I went to E3, and I interviewed the developers, and I talked with the team a lot, and... Um, you could see that you know they were hiring the right talent for this. I, I know they got some Witcher talent on board for their writing. Obviously, they have Chris Avalone. So uh, it seems like their head is in the right place because they already had a great gameplay system. Even if they just carried that over and said, let's, let's focus on the story. But uh, it looks like a true sequel in many ways, and, and that's a thing I really like about it. But what do you gents think? Do you guys have a chance to sit down and watch all 26 minutes? Go ahead, Big. If you've got something. Uh... I didn't get to watch all 26 minutes, so okay. I think it would be best. Uh, I'm actually, I'll, I'll do the same thing that I did with uh, Cyberpunk and sort of uh, pick up where I left off. Okay. Um, Carrick, I'll let you go first. Oh, I have nothing. I didn't watch it. Wow. Oh, you didn't watch it at all. Oh, okay. I didn't even know there was one. I, well, I saw, yeah. yeah, you can feel free if you want. Uh, I literally okay. saw well, your uh... post to me about talking about this, and that's the That's crazy. You didn't hear about it at all. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I thought it was just me being irresponsible because I was like, all right, let's. Monday's video is planned, right? When I saw that, I was like, Monday's video is planned. I'm going to talk about the Cyberpunk gameplay. And that same day, a Star Wars trailer dropped. And it was obviously the where the footage where we saw Dark Side Ray. And instantly, like, my my like immediacy kicked in. I was like, I'm going to make a video about this instead. And and then, like, I, would, I shouldn't say instead because I completely forgot in that moment and in that whole creation process that hmm. the gameplay was coming out. So, yeah, we got, like, an initial email that was coming and then nothing. It was it was kind of, like, silent. Um it was strange, but I guess since both of you didn't have a chance to watch it, I'll just talk about it a little bit more. I made a full video uh, about it. Oh, I, I have a little bit to say. Yeah. Okay. Take so I, I kind of, I kind of get the gist because I have, um, I followed this game for a while. And I did watch, your, I did watch your twelve-minute video, so, so yeah. I do have a, a good idea of what to expect. So, uh, first thing first, yeah, I actually was surprised how much I really enjoyed uh, the first. Um, like pretty much everybody I've talked to on the planet, I didn't give rat's ass about the story really at all mm. it felt like uh I, 
I've heard some people describe it as like a bad Far Cry 3 specifically. Uh, the villain kind of felt like a dollar store Voss, which I'm not going to like say Voss is like this brilliant written character, like this, like the greatest character ever let's, made. Let's no, <laughs> but it, but he was popular enough to where it felt somewhat like an imitation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the character kept, try- it felt like the character was trying to make all these quotes like be a man and stuff like that i just i'm surprised i remembered that because i don't remember anything else that guy said i couldn't tell yeah i about that story i think that's the one thing i remember is that (laughs) that guy kept telling me to be a man and um i was uh but the gameplay itself i i adored i loved Mm -hmm. uh all the different weapons all the different zombie types i love the co-op to it the drop kick which is like iconic by this yeah and and it's, it was just a really, really fun game. Uh, it was a little brainless, but I think that was, you know, I kind of walked in after all the hype had died down. I didn't get it day one. I think I got it about two years ago after the following came out. They had a big old sale on it. And uh, I decided to pick it up and try it. And it ran like shit for me because my PC was way, way shittier at the time. Then I put it down and didn't play it for months. And then I upgraded and mm. I uh, yeah, and then I upgraded, and then I was able to play it, and I really, really liked it. It was super fun. I played it with uh, a friend of mine, who's also my roommate, and we had a ton of fun with it. Um, the uh, expansion I wasn't too keen on. A lot of people really love the following. I wasn't the the biggest fan of it for some reason. Yeah, I, I never solid. got through it. Yeah, and some of the some of the super zombies they had in that, I just I just didn't care gotcha. for. But gotcha. the game itself, I probably put about fifty hours into it. Really loved it. I'm liking what I see of Dying Light 2. Um, there's definitely a lot more hype around Dying Light 2 than I expected. Like, I was kind of surprised. Apparently, Dying Light 1, like, just kept getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of became this big zombie game that a lot of people hold up to a high standard. Um, and I, I can see why. Like, definitely after playing it myself, at first I was like, you yeah, whatever, but... Once I played it myself, I was like, they definitely have something here. I, I like the parkour. I like the RPG mechanics they're adding. Chris is definitely welcome. And uh, this is a small thing I've seen some people mention is that they were kind of disappointed that Chris was taking this gig uh, as the writer because they're like, oh, Chris is too good for a zombie game. Why, why would he do this? Why would he mm, do this? And I'm like, strange. guys, do, did you not remember the main criticism of the first game? If they're going to get a writer, you know, get one that people do genuinely trust or like you know give, yeah. give it a chance and from what i've seen the writing definitely looks it's definitely a lot better i definitely seem to like the dialogue a lot more uh i like my main character a, a little bit more i'd have to you know sit down and play as him a mm-hmm. lot longer to really become invested but um i'm really liking uh, sort of the changes uh, that they're making a lot of the choice based systems um you know it could be binary for all i know it could be like you know like like good choice bad choice but it seems like they're going a bit more nuanced with the choices they're not really good and bad they're they're sort of going for more like do you want to be more of a like a more staunch survivalist that happens to support a more dictatorial system or do you want people to be freer but less secure you know there's definitely more there's there's like a a a positive and a negative to each side similar to like the ncr and caesar's legion although caesar's legion is more obviously evil but you know what i mean like there there is some nuance to there there is some critical thinking you could you could uh implement there 
Uh, I like how they're kind of fleshing out the the human side of it, like the bandits, how they have like these massive strongholds and camps, and it's got a little bit of uh, Mad Maxiness to some of the um, massive structures that they're entering, and they're not just you know flat bandit camps or just buildings filled with bandits like in the first game. Uh, um, they're actually like they've got like a base, they've got strongholds, and it looks it looks really cool. And the new zombies also looked uh, pretty interesting too, and also some of the new mechanics they're adding. Uh, like what you mentioned in your detail video, uh, turning on your weapons. I wonder how that's going to play into the uh, uh, to the game as a whole. Like, does it reduce the degradation of the weapon if you have the ability off? Like, yeah, that kind of charge. Yeah, or there's a charge, or maybe it's a bit more finite than it was before. And I kind of like thinking about that. Like, there's a bit more depth there. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just hope guns aren't as OP broken as they were in in the first game because in the first game the downside to using guns was like oh you made a loud noise a shitload of zombies are going to attack you but you reach a point near the end game where guns are so like you get assault rifles and you can carry a huge amount of ammo and ammo costs nothing and you can just kill like one shot end game zombies at night with your assault rifle because it's so powerful especially in the fall if you bring the following guns with you into the main game, they're so strong they just one shot everything. Like there, I think there's a shotgun I got that just obliterates uh, end game zombies in the main game and is like meant specifically for the big bads. I hope there's a bit more balance there with the handguns and or just the guns in general. Um, I you know the stealth and uh, the marker the marker mapping. Uh, you mentioned Breath of the Wild. It reminded me a little bit too of like. Uh, you know, like Far Cry uh, and uh, Metal Gear Solid Five and a few other games that have done a similar system, but I, I like how they're doing it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and yeah, overall, like, um, I'm. It definitely just looks it like I. I don't want to make this sound bad, but it looks just Dying Light One, but better is like the best way I could describe it. It's it's fixing all the criticisms it looks like that the first game got and adding a bit more depth to it with the RPG elements and the choices and stuff like that. And I think that's a net positive for the game. And I think uh, fans of the first are probably going to fall in love with this. It's probably going to win over people that probably wanted more of a story to the first game too. Uh, with um, I don't want to put too much uh, emphasis on Chris because I know uh, not, not everything he's going to pen is going to be a 100% masterpiece. But I'm sure... It, it, so long as it's at least entertaining, I think people are going to be uh, right. into it for the story reasons too. But yeah, that's my take. Cool. I uh, yeah. Well, the only issue I really had with Dying Light Two, and this this came after the fact, after it kind of uh, marinated for a little bit for me, um, was I was I was watching the gameplay again, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I don't really care about this world. I don't care about its characters, like that guy Frank who gets killed. Obviously, I'm not playing the game, so I can't really say there was a compelling mm-hmm. reason to care, but. There wasn't this emotional investment. I found myself invested in, I'm doing this thing, what happens because of it? And we mm-hmm. saw this very uh, extreme example where because you uh, turned on the pumps, a entire part of the city completely uh, uh, was um, like the water left. I can't think of the word right now, but the water's gone. And now you have a whole new area to explore. Uh, it's like a huge part of the city. There's new quests there, but also now the place that you're in is threatened. And I thought that was really interesting as a, a gameplay mechanic, but I don't, I haven't seen any choices. Um, the one time we did, the one time we did make a human decision uh, that I saw, um, even what I saw at E3 2018 behind closed doors, there was never that personal investment of, 
the human being impacted. It was just the choice that changed the world. And I think that's what this game clearly is hinging itself on is having a, a quest structure that makes sense and in turn because the world changes. That's what gets you to care because I didn't feel a care for the story. I felt a care for seeing what your choices did, um, which, which I think for some folks, the reason I mentioned that is it can feel a little artificial. It's like choice for the sake of choice, not choice that hurts people and, um, you know, cause it, and the reason I mentioned that is it's a very human driven conflict. You can tell because, um, and I point this out in my 12 little details video, you, you kick down the boards to a building, you knock a zombie out of it. And literally like two feet across the street on the rooftop is a survivor outpost. And you're like, they're camped up here next to zombies. That's how little of a threat to them zombies are in this world now, because they're just right next to them. They're more concerned about getting away from the humans which makes sense. Um, and so I'd like to see them emphasize a little more on humans that you should care about and when your choices impact them. I doubt they'd show, like, a ma- like if Frank is a super important main character, um, I doubt they'd show him dying. Uh, but then again, we saw in Cyberpunk 2077, they killed off Jackie. <laughs> and he was presented as, like, your best friend right off the mm-hmm. bat. So, I don't know. Video game marketing's confusing. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lots more to go through, so let's keep it rolling. We'll talk about Yakuza 7 now, which got revealed uh, during the <laughs> middle of this week. Uh, it has a brand new protagonist, so uh, for those who don't know, I have not played 6, but I know that uh, Yakuza 6 was the end of Kiryu's story. It wrapped up nicely, apparently. Uh, so we have a brand new protagonist for Yakuza 7, uh, and it will be a turn-taking RPG. Now, I know both you two are like huge Yakuza fans. I love Yakuza 2 as, as well, rather, uh, but I haven't played as much as you guys. I played Kiwami 1 and 2, and that's where my list ends. I haven't played Zero, and I'm very much interested in the remaster collection. Extremely interested in that. So I won't have much to say other than I really like the idea of it going to a turn-taking RPG. I think it's a change at the right time because you had a system that worked with Kiryu and, Kiryu, sorry, and uh, it, it felt great, and I think that, that it served its time well. Um, even when I was playing Kiwami 2, uh, they had a lot of gameplay variety with the mini games and the, uh, the RTS style game, uh, and the construction site, that stuff was great. But when it came to the beat em up stuff, I, I already started to feel that, all right, you know, I've seen this before. So, uh, I want to get your guys' opinion on Yakuza 7's reveal, the thoughts on the new protagonist, uh, which we already knew about originally, uh, as well as it's changing gameplay style, whichever one of you wants to go first. You can go first, uh, are you sure? I, I just rambled for like uh, 15 minutes. I'll let you go first if you want. Um, I Personally, I like the idea of the Switch, but uh, I I love the games. I liked Judgment as well, which is sort of Oh, yeah, the Judgment same, too. Sorry. In the same... In fact, I, I would say I think I like Judgment more than those, and it changed some stuff up. And so to me, they sort of bought my... I don't know what the term would be. Not allegiance, but they bought my patience when they're going to try something new. And I, th- I, th- I think they're one of the few companies that's nailed the mini games, nailed the world. It's like, mm-hmm. let's see what it does. It doesn't, you know, I mean, we may end up calling this years from now a side story in Yaka. You know, it may be like, oh, seven sort of the side story because it switched I things up. I think they actually that said that if this doesn't work out, they'll just go back to normal. Yeah. So, that's... you know what? That's I'm okay with that. Like, let's see what happens. Huh. We just got Judgment. So... Mm-hmm. We did just get sort of the Yakuza treatment. Let's let's see what else there can be. I mean, it might be fucking, might turn out to be a side thing where you almost have like, 
you know, Final Fantasies that are MMOs, Final Fantasies that are normal. You know, stuff like that. I'm okay with that. If they were like, all right, so here's what we'll do. We'll have these, you know, some of these games will be in this style. And some of the games will be in the classic uh, Yakuza style. I'm, I, I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. If it turns out to be shitty, I will. But at least for right now, um, <laughs> I'm actually excited to see what they might try. And what they might, you know, sort of, like how would you level up? All that kind of stuff. It could be very, very. So I'm cool with it. What about you, boss? It's all you. Uh I, I definitely agree. Um, I guess for a bit of content, the only one I haven't played is Judgment. I also haven't played uh, the Fist of the North Star one either, but that's fine. Oh, either. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I hear Judgment is great. I just haven't had the time to get into it. I'm definitely going to play it uh, at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, I played uh, Zero, Kiwami, Kiwami 2, and 6, so I need to get the remaster and play those. That's a lot, just those three games alone. Mm. But uh, I I really love the yeah I really loved uh, the games Yakuza Zero I think I put like 115 hours into, um, yeah that one was big. Uh, the other ones I actually kind of went through a little bit faster just just to get the just because well eventually there's a bit of overlap right some of the mini games yeah played, so it's like that's what I did Kwame one I spent like 60 hours in Kwame two was half that time just because I I didn't find. I had much more investment in Kwame one because of its story personally, but it was just, everything was new and eventually you're just in the same world space. So you're just going through the story each time. Uh, you bring up, uh, Kiwami one. I, now I could be wrong about this, but I saw a comment bringing up, I think the voice actor, in fact, the actor, uh, like, I think they face scanned them and everything too, for this game, the same voice actor that voiced Nishiki, your brother in the first game, the, the bad guy. I think he's the main character of this game. I think. Uh, a comment mentioned that. In seven? I'm not sure if it's true. Yeah, in 7. I think so it's the main character is his name. Something like that. Oh, Nashioki. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's the same actor. I'm not sure. I'd have to verify that myself, but I saw a comment bring it up. Hmm. Uh, the character himself looks fun. Uh, I really like the, the hair they're going with, the crazy hair for him. Uh, I've seen a few people mention how crazy uh, the character looks. As for the uh, change in the combat, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. It's something new. Uh, it, it definitely looks, um, like I, maybe it won't be like fully polished or anything, but I, I like the idea of a turn-based, uh, combat system, um, being implemented as something fresh, uh, cause there's a lot of overlap in the series with the brawling. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I think the series as a whole isn't just defined by that one, uh, gameplay mechanic. It definitely is the world and... Uh, all the wacky quests and stories that happen mm-hmm. in Kamurocho and uh, all the mini games. Like, I think I spent way more time on all the mini games than I did with the actual combat in Zero. I, I, I definitely say I did. Uh, like, I was playing all the gambling games, or, or yeah, I, I, I'm surprised I spent as much time as I did collecting all those stupid uh, uh, toys in the in the claw machines. I actually, I actually collected those as like a challenge in the game just to get a point, so I could level up uh, or unlock some stuff for my character. And those games are like, they're a blast. So I'm sure it'll be content rich. Uh, I'm sure the story will be solid. And uh, yeah, like you said, I won't spoil it, but yeah, Yakuza 6 was definitely the, uh, that was definitely the the end of Kiryu's storyline. So um, I I will definitely not spoil it, but you, you, uh, are you waiting until after you play the remasters to play 6? I thought that'd be the best way to do it. But hearing you speak like this makes me think it might just be better to... Because my first Yakuza was originally 4. It was, like, reviewed really well, and I tried it out, and I, it was on my PS3, and at the time, I, I used to 
play that when I had no one to play with. So then when my friends started to get back on like Xbox, that's when I'd like, I just stopped playing Yakuza 4. But um, I, that's kind of the main draw for me too. I was like, oh, I can finally play 4 where you're switching protagonists the whole time. I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. But um, overall, I was planning to do it that way. But then I also realistically have to look at it and go, okay, 3, 4, 5, and then I'm going to want to play 6 after all that. Like, well, that's I even want, yeah, well, I want to play 4 after that even. Like, it's a lot of Yakuza, and, and to be fair, you know, it became an annual thing for me. Like, every year a new Yakuza Kiwami came out, so I played one la- two Christmases ago. I played one or two last Christmas, so, like, you know, it's always been once-a-year thing. So I can't imagine – I never had a desire to, like, go play another one immediately, right? Like, I always just waited till the next Christmas, so I can't see myself just binging all of it. Yeah, and I felt 6 did a good job of catching uh, me up, because I haven't played 3, 4, or 5 either. I'm still a relatively new fan, uh, I think, along with uh, Carrick. I think I... I'm not sure if you started the series before Zero, but I think I start I started with Zero. So I feel like a fairly new fan, and I think that's the issue with becoming a new fan in a series that's this old, you know, because this goes back to the PS2 era. It does. Yeah. Uh, it, is that there, there's a lot to catch up on. You know, now I know how some people felt with Metal, when Metal Gear Solid 5 came out and how they were like, oh, man, I got to go through Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, was 3, me. 4. Oh, yeah. And I didn't it was like too much. that much. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people didn't. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it was too much. It, it could seem like too much. But, you know, like, like you, I'm going at it a little slow, just kind of uh, playing them as they go. If I mm-hmm. did get the remaster, I'd probably play 3 and then not play the other 2 for a while. Uh, just because that's a lot of game to get through. Because they're not short. Even if you just play the story, I think Yakuza 6, just the story on its own was probably like almost 20 hours uh, from some people I heard that didn't do like any of the side stuff. So there's a lot there. I was just looking. Judgment is second longest. Zero, on average, zero is the longest. um, But uh, Judgment is actually higher than the other Yakuza games, which surprised me. Uh, What's the length of Judgment? A judgment average. Oh, jeez. I just all, all I did was hang on one second. Probably like fifty, sixty hours. No, no, no. I always go by just that, like the main. Because once you, if we add the extras, I do know the number for that. It was forty-five. But it, the main was like twenty something plus, and there was a couple of the yakuzas that were less, and then zero was more. It was thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Zero. Was I remember seeing so, Kwame too. Was like fifteen hours, and I looked at my game clock, and it's at like thirty-three. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm just going by main because I think, in a weird way, more people give information about the main because casual people might go in and enter their data where people who get the extras, you know, they might be the diehards that might be Mm -hmm. here later. They might not do so. So, But, yeah, I looked and, uh, and yeah, they're all really long, detailed games, even the smaller ones. And it's just crazy how how much content those guys have given us. Oh, God, It's also crazy that Shenmue is the originator of all this and how much... (laughs) how much they've eclipsed in almost every way, shape, or form what Shenmue was. Yeah. Yakuza kind that. of like... How do I word it? I've, I was waiting it, for Shenmue for so long, but Yakuza just dude, kind of like... Dude, it took the gauntlet and ran with it. Yeah, it's, I don't really care about Shenmue 3. I will still play it because I've loved the series I growing will up, but like... Yep. Yakuza kind of just like put a pin in it for me. I was like, all right. It reminds me in some ways of how Doom and Quake came out because Doom was big and then Quake came and it became this... Doom's always going to be the thing, but something about Quake, which at, at least when it first came out, and like and multiplayer and all these crazy things about it that people really enjoyed, and it like sort of took the baton and ran with it a little ways. Mm-hmm. 
And that's sort of the way I feel. There's other titles, I'm sure, that um, are an easier explanation of that. But yeah, uh, Fallout and Wasteland's probably a good one. Fallout and Wasteland's yeah. probably another one like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with seven, I guess going back to seven because we kind of digressed quite a bit. Um, yeah, I think honestly, I've got my hopes pretty high for it. Uh, I do say there's a little bit of pushback just for that one change. Uh, some people don't like the fact you're not playing Kiryu. Some people want to play Majima, which is fine. Uh, I, I'm willing to try something new. I'm definitely on the boat to try something new, and I'm definitely looking forward to this. Um, I also need to check out Judgment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Too, um, and if it's that long, I, you know, I'll, it, I'll, I'll probably just go through the story before I touch any of the side content. It's, a, it's, it's definitely a big game. Oof. I, f- I thought it was longer, actually, than <laughs> any others. But I guess, I guess I was wrong. At least now, as more people played it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to 7. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be good for people because uh, a lot of folks will look at Yakuza as a franchise and go, oh my god, that's so many games to catch up on. So it's a good business decision to change the protagonist and see if you can capture Get people to audience. jump on brand yeah. new. Yeah, exactly. Oh, also, one one light thing to mention. Uh, so I'm just going through the comments here. And again, I'd have to look this up with, a, with, with, uh, with some confirmation on my own. Um, so I'll just say this is a theory, not like a rumor or anything. It's theorized that they're going to bring over uh, the other spinoff series for Yakuza, which uh, I think they're called Yakuza Ishin or something. And basically those are a spinoff that takes place in uh, feudal Japan. Yeah, right. But they're like the same, like mechanically, graphically, they they're on par with the main games. I have one like... of those. I can't remember which for PS3. And they are. Uh, I, those never got brought over to the states, did they? Correct. Or did like Mm-mm. only? Nope, oh, it was okay. an import. So this would be like a, the first official launch for those two if they bring those over, and that's a lot of game too. I heard. I think the yeah. second one, someone told me they put like three hundred hours into it, and I'm like, God, <laughs> you could do that with zero too. But like mm. so, those games are they're content packed, man. Uh, so that's it's even more yakuza to look forward to. I, I'm just, I gotta, you know, I'm sorry, I gotta, I gotta break and just say like. I've never seen a series just kind of come out of what feels like nowhere and get make this much of a splash over the past two years. And it's been around for a while, so it's not like this is new, but it's just crazy to me that Yakuza started out as, like, super niche. I think the most coverage I'd seen on it was Donkey's video on Yakuza 3, like, five years ago. And then Yakuza 0 came out, and it just seem to take the world by storm and then the mm-hmm. games are coming out with so much fanfare and love these days it's just it's just a little crazy to me i just kind of got to sit back and look at it like wow you know yeah i mean it, it's sort of i don't want to say taking the world by storm because i think those are like that's terminology reserved for fortnite but yeah uh, you know, usually these, these <laughs> japanese style games don't really catch fire except for a very niche audience and it seems like yakuza just continues to grow and get more and more people and you can feel that traction definitely found its audience yeah exactly because it's really hard for a game to go from the east to the west it really is you know very think of how many companies and titles have tried that and you got games like probably persona and yakuza are really the only ones to to do that well and i think that's kudos to some of the localization team um because for example someone showed a side by side of yakuza 3 where you saw the original port versus the localization team working on the remaster collection and it was it was butchered yeah, exactly. It was it was it's improved so much with the the remaster. Uh, there's just a lot more to the to to the writing and to the characterization. 
And I think that's important to note because that's a lot of what the series is built off of is its, it's quirkiness. It's... Just drug test your main actors, Maddie. <laughs> yeah. Do. yeah. Right? Yeah. We don't want any of this, oh, shit, you guys get one actor, we get another because mm-hmm. you guys are bothered by somebody snorting cocaine. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Regardless, Yakuza 7 coming, I think, next year. But anyway, that's all we've got for that. Let's move on to – hold on. My phone's blocking it. Telltale Games. Yes. Uh, so technically revived, some game industry vets came in, bought the brand, bought some assets. Uh, so we're just going to sort of dish our thoughts on the idea of some Telltale IP coming back. Uh, I will get this started. Uh, this may come across a little harsh, but I think this is very silly, we'll say. I'll use softer words. It's very silly. And the reason I think this is because we just saw... Within the same calendar year, a company go under because none of its properties, except its first ever foray with The Walking Dead, none of them made money. So why would you buy the brand and the assets that have never made money historically over all those years? What are you going to do with it as a business when it was continuously unsuccessful and you can't say it wasn't them getting the wrong ones they got game of thrones they got batman you know they got some seriously big names and even their most large property that was a success the walking dead that they continued on wasn't successful afterwards like just think of all they've got and and none of that worked or brought them money i don't see why revive i don't want it to stay dead i want them to come back because because it's like those are great games but also a lot of folks missed in the conversation that just because someone bought the asset and the brand doesn't mean the same talents there which is why when we initially heard for example that thq nordic was bringing back destroy all humans it's like awesome destroy all humans is back but that's not the, the same pandemic studios that that worked on destroy all humans it's a whole different story it's a whole different team that was a special development team they released like three game of the year titles within like two years that's insane um and so that's why I, I sort of like held back initially on something like that. Um, and so that's why with Telltale Games being revived, I don't really understand as from a business perspective why someone would acquire these assets unless they wanted to flip them to someone else. My thought is that there's an IP we don't know about. Hmm. Wasn't Stranger Things on the table last time before they showed? It was that? for it was hinted or a roundabout. Yeah. You guys think I that could? Hmm. Yeah, it's popular. Um, but... I, I I think one of the things um, I would completely agree with is that the same talent isn't there, and that might be a good thing because the current talent had issues with the engine, issues with the delivery of the assets, all of these problems. So maybe mm-hmm. these guys who bought it are like, we're going to switch to Unreal, you know, something which what is what they did was switch engines, but it didn't really pan out for them by that right. point, or they're doing something crazy and those IPs don't just require those type of games and those guys want a guardians of the galaxy game because remember guardians of the galaxy was theirs mm-hmm. i don't know how minecraft did it must have done well enough that netflix picked it back up and they have their own version of it um what i heard is season is one did well but i i was watching super bunny hops video on this uh a few weeks back just kind of rewatching it apparent according to him and his sources he said that season one of Minecraft Story did well, but season two did not make anywhere near what the first one did. Uh, and then all the others just, yeah, like like we know, just didn't make money. I guess Batman didn't, um, which is crazy to me that Batman, a Batman IP thing didn't make money. Uh, 
I don't know. Uh, but that's just what, he, uh, he, uh, according to his sources, said. Um, and then there was a, they put Minecraft on Netflix, didn't they? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. It yeah seems that probably like made money. That yeah, that made money. Mm-hmm. Also, but, uh, yeah. um, they you know switch an engine is is going to cost you a couple hundred thousand dollars minimum just to switch the engine and train some people on it. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming some of that went into why things weren't you know how how popular they were, how well they did. Also, their release schedule sucked. Yes. For episodic. It was one of the worst release schedules of it, other than Blues and Bullets, which had two episodes and never did the third one. And that <laughs> game was awesome. Um, it, it seems to me like that one of the major things these vets might think of doing is figuring out a way to be almost done with episode two, you know, and, and, and have a way of saying every three weeks you get, or maybe they're like us where I've talked about this before, where I'm like, I would love an every week or every two weeks. So I could remember what the fuck choice I made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they may have a lot of, I, uh, my personal opinion is those guys didn't buy it to do the identical thing, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. My opinion is that if they bought it, they I most just likely have what they can some hedge. Probably limited. But that's just my opinion. I, I think what? that we all got good ideas mm-hmm. on that. Might be. It depends on the IP, right? Like Guardians of the Galaxy, they failed that. I don't know how they made it boring, dude, but they made a Marvel game boring. Yeah. And so it's like, if it were me or you or, well, anybody I know, we probably wouldn't have made that. Like, I don't know how that got made. But if that IP stuck with them and maybe they're able to continue it with a second season, maybe these guys are looking at that. We don't, did they list what the assets were that they got? There's probably a list somewhere but i I, didn't see one yeah i didn't i didn't see one either i I don't know if that was like put out in the news just it's because it's so new like we just learned about this like two days ago i think um i just thought it was interesting because it's it's so quick um i I think that there wasn't time for the dust to settle for people to react like oh my god they're back it's like what they're back but they're not (laughs) i did hear one rumor maddie this is not going to speak to you as much as it does me because you're not as old but dark crystal the movie is very popular, and oh, the God. show started today. And the rumor I did hear was that they had been shopping. They already have a Dark Crystal uh, turn-based game coming out. What? But there was a ru- yeah, that's coming out. I can't remember when. But wow. that was yeah, that Dark was Crystal when game. was that? That was it was announced at E three or E three was or huh? ga- maybe yeah, one of those I don't two. Know. Um, I don't know. The rumor I did hear was that somebody big was shopping around to do a game like that, and I could certainly see a Telltale style game in that or, hmm. or, or some, you know, tied to an Amazon property. Cause we talked about this a couple months ago where it's like, I'm just waiting for somebody to get, they didn't do it with game of Thrones, which blows my mind. How, how do you make a game about game of Thrones and have it not do well, but they're, yeah. everybody's looking for a water cooler game and not many people have made them yet. And it feels like there's the ability. Stranger things would have been great. Had the timing worked out. Maybe they're looking at stranger things for season four. And they're like, we're going to make a game. You know that travels along with that because all you need is one big success in that genre to just explode i just don't know if they'll be able to do it what was the engine that they were using before they were using their own oh their own engine they they only switched the last couple games yeah because it was like because some people i talked to um i didn't have any issues when i played uh tales from the borderlands and Wolf Among Us, which are the only two uh, Telltale games I've played. I adored both of them, but those were it. the other IPs didn't really interest me too much. People I talked to said that uh, Batman ran like garbage for them, and that was weird to me. I, I, that one. I like Some people told me it crashed on them. Some people told me it would like freeze. Uh, some people told me it wouldn't remember uh, some of the choices they made, like Adam. Uh, 
I don't like I I don't know like the games ran fine for me, but some people told me that the game just like just didn't run too well for some people. I guess I'm not sure, but uh, I guess um, if they did switch engines, what do you guys think would probably be the best engines for them to switch to? Unreal. Yeah, I was gonna Unreal. say I, feel, I felt like Unreal just yeah. made the most sense in the terms of like cost efficiency. And they switched in 2018 in June. I'm looking at the report. Too late. No, it was too yeah. late by then, yeah. right? Yeah, and they used they switched to Unity, which, going to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of Unity. I think it turns around really quickly, but it has some performance issues. At least I've noticed in almost every game I've played, there's always Unity's always been sort of a bugger. But Unreal or Unity are two of the main ones, and they have pretty good turnaround times. They're and they're both free. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't pay the license anymore. Yeah. I think it's like. Something and not only that, but I think with Un- or with Unreal now, you get even more of a bonus if you do an uh, exclusive for the Epic Store. So I think like maybe that's another thing they're doing. Who knows? Maybe mm. they'll just be like, we're buying those IP, we're going to go to Epic. Epic's going to pay us even if we lose money and try to start an IP that way. I mean, there's there's multiple steps these guys can take now. Developers can mm-hmm. take. Uh, I, I think a tell I think a Telltale is good for the. Uh... Uh, for the kinds of games they make, I think those kinds of games are are good. Some people are like, "Oh, th- those games sold badly because they suck." And I, they're like, "I could just get the same experience watching a YouTube video." And I don't, I don't really agree with that. I mean, I guess to some extent you could get the same, uh, or a, a like another person's experience. But I always kind of like the idea yeah. of uh, choosing your dialogue. That is particularly like that. reductive as a discussion to say yeah. you could get the same thing. Like, uh, I've seen no, it so actually... many times. I've yeah. seen that argument so many times and I just, I've never agreed with it. Cause I think, and I've seen other games uh, do a similar thing. Uh, like, uh, uh, what's that? What's the one with the girls? Uh, what's it called? Stranger life things. is strange. Or life is strange. Yeah. Life is strange. Like I know a lot of people that love that game. Uh, I know a lot of people that like that. Very well. Yeah, so I think there is a place for these kinds of games, and like it's not just for YouTube, you know. Yeah. Um, so I am, I'm hopeful. I am, I'm looking, I'm hoping that they learn from the mistakes of the prior Telltale and uh, efforts to uh, address the complaints and make some really good stuff in the future. Yeah. Let's hope so, because uh, clock is ticking. That's for oh, the answer. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I meant. No, I meant clock. Oh, okay. Clock. That would have been such a douchebag move for me to go clock's ticking. Oh, no. Shut the hell up. No, no, no. I meant clock's ticking for them. Oh, my oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> the fact that you did, that you would immediately apologize and then just tell me to fuck off if I was actually like what I was saying. Oh, my gosh. Kudos uh, to cool, you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we move on to our last segment, which is podcast questions. Um, we got ourselves a, a bulk of them yet again and we really appreciate you guys uh with these meaty submissions holy smokes some of them were long as hell yeah so uh you know because this submission count's going up um what we're gonna do is like we always do um skim over them so to speak uh and you'll get what i mean by our answers sort of just kind of like not this long extended discussion per question we'll just keep it short and simple uh we'll start off with last sunday black dow do you ever think about your time played in a game to measure how well you like the game or comparing the amount of hours put into similar games when comparing them to see which one you like better? I, I really like this question um, just because it's something I've never thought about. Um, but I think I measure, 
I don't measure that on how I like a game because there's been games I played a lot that I don't like at all, but I, as a creator, have to make sure I'm able to back up my word. Like, I've put in the time, I've done the research, you know, here's the game. Not here's the game clock in a in a presentation sense, but, like, my game clock can at least show this is the time I put in. And you, if you guys have stuck around for a while, you'll know in some of my reviews, like for Neo, I said, you know, one platinum trophy 90 hours later. So it's like it, it, the label of the video sort of says okay, he's put a lot of time into the game. He at least knows a lot about this game, what he's talking about. So um, mm-hmm. for me, it's not a testament to how much I like it. I usually say that for, like I said, a platinum trophy. If I platinum a game, it's either because the platinum was really easy or because I really like the game. Um, but I also think my my con- my continuous bringing up of the game is more of a measure, which you guys can tell. If you listen to the podcast, Like it's every other week I'm talking about either Nier or Bioshock or KOTOR. So uh, it's pretty consistent. What about you fellas? Go ahead, Big. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, there are games that I've liked that are sort of on the shorter side. My favorite video game of all time is Metal Gear Solid 3, which you can beat in 10 to 12 hours, I'd say. But my second favorite game of all time is uh, uh, sort of a tie between like Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3 Modded. And I've probably put hundreds upon hundreds of hours mm-hmm. into those games. But like I said, MGS3 is my favorite. Um, so I don't like I can definitely look back because I do su- sort of subconsciously look at my time played and think like wow I must have really enjoyed that game. But then there are some games that I just didn't enjoy um, that I put a lot of time into anyways, wanting to enjoy them. Something like Mad Max, where I really wanted to like that game because a lot of people love that game. It's sort of like a cult classic at this point, mm-hmm. and uh, I put like forty five hours into that and I barely enjoyed any at that time I maybe enjoyed like six hours of it when like near the start of the game when I was really liked it at the start but I just dragged on for <coughs> uh, but then there are other games where yeah I love it and I, I spent a, hundreds of hours on it and I kind of look back at it like yeah I, I really like that game but mm-hmm. like I said my favorite video game of all time is one that you can beat in like 10 hours and not have to replay if you don't want to I have replayed it to hell and back don't get me wrong but <laughs> it's yeah i I I would I don't know I guess I guess my response would just be it depends okay. uh, it kind of varies game to game but yeah that's my that's my take on it. Carrick? Yeah, I mean it matters. I think that's the general question is like does it matter in a review? It certainly does. If the game's sixty oh, in a review, bucks. Yeah. 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 Well, to me, I'm reviewing almost everything I play. Now true. That I think true. About true. It. True. So Sorry. I guess prior. Yeah. No. Prior, it did too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would be like. I spent 60 bucks, and if it was one hour of amazing, <laughs> I'd probably still be like, damn, damn, son, that's expensive. But I've played, Metal Ge- or I've played uh, many uh, uh, Modern Warfare and just done the campaigns, it's eight hours, 12 hours of just Michael Bay balls to the wall, and been like, you know what? That was okay. Like, that was, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a problem with that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I take it into account. And there's certainly something that sits in the back of my mind if something ends quickly. So, and games have all these different prices now. You really have to watch yeah. that. In particular, if you're reviewing, just to separate the two. Yeah. If you're reviewing, you really have to take, uh, you know, keep an eye on it. Natural Calamity asks, "What is a book or a game series?" You never answered, did you? Yes, Maddie? I did. Yeah, Sorry, I, I was first. responding to an email. No, okay. you're good. You're good. Natural Calamity asks, what is a book or game series you want to continue the timeline or have more content? Mine is Lord of the Rings, past The Hobbit, and continue the story of Middle-earth. See, I think Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit wrapped up nicely. I would I would like them just to, at least when it comes to the, comes to the movies, 
you know, leave them as is. Very rare you get a, a series that spans that long and is that good. Uh, a book or a game series? I just want to see something Ninja Turtles related at this point. Like, I would, I would do nasty things for that. It seems like it's never going to happen, though. But that's what I want to see. That may not answer, because, like, the Ninja Turtles still get new comics, but when it comes to games, the the Ninja Turtles have not had, like, a established series since, like, the early 2000s, when it started in, like, 2002. Since then, it's just been one-offs of random companies and brand deals, and it's been fucking awful. I would like to see a legitimately good Ninja Turtles game and have a series spawn off of it. I would, I would lose my shit. <laughs> that would be, that'd be my answer. So, so a fiction of some kind. He didn't mention movies or shows, but he said game series or book. But, I mean, you guys can go wherever, I'd say. Because those, mean, are, those are interesting parameters to meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, yeah. Like it's, and it sort of motor set me to think on one way. I would say uh, I liked a lot of TV shows. So I would say like Jericho was an amazing TV show, and mm. that ended due to, you know, just wasn't doing incredibly well. But the show itself was amazing. I would love to see like a Telltale style game, funny enough, because we were just talking about this a couple mm. months ago. Uh, as well as um, Eureka was probably one of my favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. And I feel that there was there would be nothing wrong with the continuation of that series. Um, most of mine are shows. Battlestar Galactica has got one game that is very good. Um, very good. But I would absolutely kill to see more Battlestar Galactica content in some way. That is a, a, a fantastic show. But those are mine. Uh, mine isn't really like a, a specific franchise per se because this franchise is still making games. It's uh, Warhammer 40k. Um, specifically, what I want is a sequel to Space Marine. I would. Yeah. I would. Weird love... that hasn't had one. I yeah. I really. I I wish Relic was interested, or if not them, maybe THQ Nordic or somebody could take up the mantle or something. I'm not sure. Uh, what's doubt, going THQ on with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm not sure where that. Uh, that that license in particular stands, so I can't really say who or uh, like can't really even guess who would develop it if it were to be. I know Relic uh, told a, there, there's a YouTuber I followed um, or still followed named Chapter, Chapter Master Volrick. We've mentioned him a few times in the Discord. Specifically, me and Heretical Shark have talked about him, and he made a, a basically a video that was like begging Relic to make a sequel. Mm-hmm. It was like Dear Relic, and you know how those usually pan out. So. He got a response from Relic, um, and they basically told him, like, no, we have no interest in making it. I think they're making Age of Empires 4 uh, uh, currently. Um, so they're they're busy with other stuff. Um, and, yeah, I would just – I'd really love for that to to be made. Like, that with, like, modern graphics and gameplay and, and uh, online infrastructure and stuff. Because that was probably my biggest problem with Space Marine 1 was just the multiplayer. Like the the competitive one was kind of crap, and the the exterminatus mode was amazing. I've been playing it recently with friends, but the the host based servers are janky as hell, and disconnections happen, and it freezes and stuff like that. And uh, it's still fun as heck, but it's just you know it's if it were if it were to come out today and sort of have like a similar level of support as a lot of um, online games have these days, along with a really solid campaign. I think you could get something really amazing there. I feel like there's an awesome third-person shooter slash hack and slash just waiting to be made with a Space Marine 2. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's a series I've, or 
game, I should say, I've never played. That came out a while ago, right? That was like a 360 game? Am I thinking Eight of the right one? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Is it kind of like Gears of War-ish looking? Or uh, am I thinking wrong? It Four got comparisons. Like yeah. yeah. It's, it got comparisons to Gears of War. It doesn't have a cover system like that game, and it also has like a, a full-on melee system. It's it's kind of a mixture, actually, of Gears of War and God of War, in a way. Okay. It's part of like a combination of the two, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think I know what game you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Knucklehead asks us, you little knucklehead, dumbass, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on third-party controllers? Do you have any personal preferences or ones that you would tell someone to stay far away from? I use nothing but Mad Cat's controllers for my PS2 as a child because that's all we could afford. I know they're infamous for making pretty shitty peripherals in general, but I never had anything to compare it to, so it never bothered me. Uh, Knucklehead, I'm right with you, man. Rise up. Love, love me some Mad Cat's controllers on the PS2. Yeah, they may not be a good brand now from what I've heard, um, but I, I would kill for a, a modern-day Mad Cat's that could make like third-party Switch uh, things to replace my busted left Joy-Con that's just gradually deteriorating. But um, yeah, I think third-party controllers used to be a thing back then, maybe because they were cheaper to make. Nowadays, I don't know if... Are there third-party controllers for modern? I, I this may be very scuff and, like yeah. I was gonna yeah. say scuff that, but that elevates the Razor. games, right? Like I'm talking cost-cutting approaches. Like most of these oh. controllers are like add-ons to the experience, with additional buttons, like paddles in the back, and they cost. There more. are some, but they're almost all wired because they're the, they pay the license for Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. So o- almost all the ones I bought a couple on Amazon for PS4 because I'm so close, and the battery life in a PS4 controller is dumped. Mm-hmm. And so I've got ones that plug in, and they're like twenty-four bucks. Are they, Are they as good? good? I don't know. Well, they control as well. I don't know how long they will work, but that so far they have worked as well as a normal PS4 controller. Interesting. I didn't so even know far. they existed. That sounds cool as mine, yeah. but I really didn't. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it makes sense that you didn't though, because I think overall they these should last a long time. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. So if you do have a PS4, or you do have an Xbox, you're hoping that the official one you buy is or or get is going to last that long. I've just had nothing but problems with PS4 controllers. So that's the one I particularly know about is PS4 and and their replacements. Right on. I do not like the expensive ones, though. Scuff, Razor, that shit is, that's a no-go for me. I I don't know why. I just, they're way too expensive for what they do. Hmm. Even the Xbox Elite is just bullshit at its price. Yeah. Is that the $180 controller? Yeah. Well, it's cheaper than that now, but it came out and it was like a console. Like yeah. that's how much it cost. It was legit stupid. It well, was... what was the what was the reasoning for that? I'm just curious. Tons of parts and customization. Just it was I just mean, that high quality. Well, they're getting away with reskinning. I mean, dude, I know somebody who's got like 3 PS4s just because games come out with like limited edition with a sticker on it. Oh, wow. It's like, go buy a fucking sticker and plaster it on there. <laughs> Besides, mm-hmm. mine's in a case. I don't, like, stare at my PS4 when it's running. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe true. some people do. Uh, I guess as far as third party goes, I really haven't had to buy any. I do. I go out of my way to take care of my uh, controllers. Um, there is one third party controller I bought, uh, although this is maybe not. No, this is definitely because I remember people used to shit on this brand. But uh, I got an, a replacement Xbox 360 controller like eight years ago, nine years ago, and I think Nico? it was called I think it was called Afterglow, and the fucking thing mm. broke in like two weeks. Brand new, mm. the wires just popped out of the the 
black uh, uh, like you know the cording around the wires just yeah. popped right out of it. I was like, it it looked as if somebody took a knife to the thing. Wow. And I don't have I didn't have any dogs or anything at the time that would have like chewed on it maybe or whatever. It just mm -hmm. I don't know. And it was wired and it just it just fuck like fucking broke down within two weeks. I was so that pissed sucks. when that happened. At the time, I didn't have the money really to afford a brand new controller. That's why I got it. It was like twenty or thirty bucks. Well, I got what I freaking paid for <laughs> apparently, mm -hmm. but. Uh, uh, yeah, as far as that, I've, I've pretty much kept the same controllers. Uh, I guess I, I technically didn't switch out my PS4 ones. I uh, sold my old PS4 and got the Pro when it was really cheap on, like, uh, uh, last uh, Black Friday. I got it for, like, 200 dollars with a copy of Red Dead 2. And I still have those controllers, and they're fine. My old controller, the battery was just, like, screwed on it. Like, it would last maybe an hour before it needed to be plugged in. So I... I didn't go out of my way to replace the controllers. I just happened to when I bought a new console. Um, so I've never really had to buy third party, really. So I've, I don't really have much of an opinion on them. Hmm. Okay. Next comes from our Jamie. Do you, and whoever else is on the podcast right now, feel like exploring the whole map is worth it in certain games? I don't mean open world games, but here's some examples. Diablo, Remnant, because it's relevant, Borderlands, etc., I'm asking because I've been playing Remnant recently and a friend of my friend joined our session the other day and was just running through the map killing and being killed while we took our time to search buildings and smash things for loot. I realized that there are people out there who don't take the time to search the map and I just can't play with them. <laughs> Hope this wasn't too long winded. Love what you guys do. Keep it up. Thank you for the long message. We, we love reading your long messages. Um, yeah, dude, I am, I am in the same boat as you. I... I have gradually regressed my desire to play co-op games because it gives me legitimate anxiety watching people fucking run about and not explore shit. And I get a case of back backseat gamer and I just can't fucking handle it because th those types of people are the worst. And so I I've just gone solo with a lot of my games because um, I just never feel like I'm in sync with the co-op partner. Like everyone just games differently. And so I'm with you on that. I like to explore every nook and cranny. Um... And when I see someone running about just killing and they're like three rooms ahead, you're like, dude, but there's like this secret over here. Why aren't you getting that? They're like, oh, my bad. And they run back. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you entirely. I hear you. I, I sympathize with you and I understand. Don't invite that person to your session ever again. <laughs> that's my that's my parting Somebody advice. Somebody needs a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys feel about it, though? Are you as crazy as me? Uh, I think I've just gotten lucky. All my co-op partners usually want to explore everything with me, but my oh, co-op okay. partners are usually my uh, my same group of friends. Uh, even when it's old games that we replay, uh, we tend to do that. I guess the only example of a game recently where that hasn't happened is Vermintide 2, but I get so into... I'm, like, so into Vermintide 2, just killing mm -hmm. shit. I don't even care to explore until other players are like, hey, let's explore this, and I'll, you know, help them out. So I kind of adapt to both, I guess you could say. So it's not really an issue with me. Character. Yeah, I would say it's not. It, I mean, it comes up in some games for sure, but it's um, MMOs if they have voice dialogue. I, I I have a couple friends who skip through the voice dialogue, like Star Wars or Secret World. Secret World is probably one of my favorite games of all time, and they'll skip through the dialogue and that'll kill my soul. But like exploring <laughs> yeah, the map, did that. he also mean separately, like on your own? Like, do you do you explore the map? In single player, uh, he everywhere was, he used the example of co-op, co but he he oh. his main question off the bat was, uh, "Do you feel like exploring the whole map is worth it in certain games?" I guess he's also asking. I kind of took the question off course, so I do apologize. He was more so asking, 
Um, do you think it's worth it? Is he is he doing something wrong by exploring every corner, or is that just how a game should be played? Just like room to room to room, keep the flow. Dude, going? I'm so uh, organic in the way I play. If mm-hmm. something's interesting, I explore it. Yeah, yeah exactly. There is like no there. way you could pay me a billion dollars to walk a fucking map like a World War II <laughs> mine layer. I would kill my. I'm getting anxiety thinking about how horrendous that experience would be. RDR2 but, scared me because of that. I saw that map. Mm-hmm. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a, oh, there's a shiny thing. And that, and then if that shiny thing interests me, then and there's a quest line, then that quest line I might engage with. And that's how I even review games. I make it clear. It's like, I'll, I'll definitely try to beat it. Like those, that for sure to get to the end and explain the mechanics that change in the later game. But when it comes to like exploring, at, you know, fucking walking like this, it makes me tight inside, man. It, it gets that. Now I need a therapist. Dude, I was going to say, like, hold on, hypocrite. Getting, well, dude, can you imagine what that would be like? Like he said, opening RDR2, like if that was your thing and just going, it would become a yeah. task at that point. Mm-hmm. That's not a game to me. Like that's a task. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a challenge. And I, I don't yeah. need those. That's, game, yeah, game I, I take a more organic approach. I used to be more systematic in the terms of like, I'd play the game, make sure every room's explored. I check the map, make sure. And then I'd leave. Uh, but, like, I just started Astral Chain, and, like, you know, sometimes the the moment of the story takes over, and the developer isn't, like, putting little secrets in every corner and every alleyway. So I just run past those sometimes if the story's yeah. taking over. And I'm like, if the game's good enough, I'll get back to that because I'll know yeah. what happens next. But right now, let this moment take me away, and I think that makes games a little more enjoyable. Yeah, so, me too. Uh, it depends. But if I'm playing co-op, you've got to be at the same point. you got to be – you have to yeah, have chemistry. Yeah, if, if you run off in co-op, you're going to run off of my game. I'm just yeah. going to kick you from the game. Like, yeah. continue to run off. Absolutely. Uh, Kopi asks, when you have an idea for a video, what is the process that you go through to get it up? Sorry, boss. I don't know if this would be a good question for you. Uh, how do you plan out your scripts? How do you do your research? If you were to give a tip to someone who is looking uh, into creating content similar to yours, what would it be? Who would like to go first? You can go first. All right. Um... I guess there's different types of approach because for anybody who's new here, I do a lot of different things because I just very much have an approach of what interests me Um, because I've I've always done it that way. And the reason I continue to do it that way is because um, usually my audience is on the same page with me. You know, usually we have interest in the same thing. Like when I started showing up Greedfall, I was thrilled to see my initial video on it surpass or, or eclipse like a hundred thousand. Like that was awesome. Right. But you know, I also sort of expected that video to do somewhat well, not that well, but somewhat well, because I was like, this is a underrated RPG and I love underrated games. My audience loves underrated games. So you, you kind of identify that way. You're like, how well do you know your audience? Is this a good fit? Like I could sit here and talk about JRPGs all day, but I know that's not a fit for my audience. I know it's not. I've had a couple of Persona videos and Final Fantasy videos do well, and that's fine for me. That makes me happy. But um, when it comes to getting an idea for a video, if it's news, it's just what's happening that day. If it's a discussion, it's usually fueled by you guys, so I'll be reading comments, forums, tweets. Um, and if I see the same re- repeating question from someone, I'm like, okay, that's enough for me to justify making a video because lots of people will have the same question and no answer, and I'll look, to, I'll look up online to make sure – uh, there isn't an answer, and if there isn't there, I will try to provide that answer. Uh, being like, you know, maybe like if everyone's calling Cyberpunk a downgrade, do I make a discussion video called "Did Cyberpunk 2077 Receive a Downgrade"? Um, when mm-hmm. it comes to scripting, 
Usually I do bullet points because I like to have a little more free flow. A lot of people have told me they like my videos because I seem like a genuine person behind the mic, which is good because that's who I am. But I think that's important to retain. So I feel like when I script too much, I do script some videos like my reviews because that's important. That's a lot of data. And I want to make sure I account for everything. Not if I forget something like it's all in a, uh, a bullet point, which allows me to go off track a little bit more. Uh, so once again, really depends on the content. Uh, how do you do your research? Just Google. Just Google. <laughs> THQ was probably one of my more research-driven videos, fact-driven. Uh, so if you want to check, I know you've checked that out, actually, Kopi. Um, that's a good example of what research-driven videos are. Um, pretty much any question that comes to mind, verify it, create a timeline, put it in a script, and, and go from there. So uh, my, my tip to someone who is similar, looking into making content like mine has will always be what I always say, which is make sure your heart's in it. You know, you don't have to be head over heels in love with your work 24-7. Like, oh my God, I'm so happy. Because like, yeah, even with this job, there are days where I'm like, fuck me, I don't want to get on camera. And I'm going to keep it real because it's not like glamorous every time. But um, that's part of it. But just make sure that you, you're still enjoying what you do. You know, that's that's the best advice I can impart. Yeah, I would agree with all that. I mean, I don't really... I mean, everybody's got different strengths, too. Like, my strength has nothing to do with games. It has to do with, like, scheduling shit. Because I schedule everything. And I think that it sounds like it wouldn't that wouldn't really help, but it does because it allows me to schedule research or allows me to schedule the review and work mm -hmm. things into particular time frames. I think the big thing is understanding wherever your strength is and then sort of understanding how it feeds into, like, what Maddie said, which is, like, what you enjoy doing. Because, man, if you don't... Dude, it's not going to take very fucking long. If you don't enjoy doing it, it's your shit's going to start looking really weird. It will yeah. not take very long before you're doing... You started in one, and suddenly you're doing just reaction videos or something. And you're and the the big You'll thing I always warn people... You'll start, like, shortcutting. Yeah, and I always warn people also, if you're going to do a bunch of videos, watch out because... I have made a series or thought I made a series that didn't catch on or caught on, but I didn't want to redo it. And I'm not talking about walking the walk because I know people are thinking that, but uh, uh, something will come up and I'll be like, I want to do this. And then it just won't fit anymore. And people will be expecting that. Like mm -hmm. you'll get people who are into your channel who are like, Hey, where's like, I saw five of these you haven't done, but I just realized you haven't done one in a year or whatever. And you're like, ah, fuck, you know? So another thing I would say is don't spread yourself too thin with different styles of stuff. Find yeah. something that works for you, even if it's just previews, even if it's just podcasts, uh, video casts yeah. on YouTube. Just find something that uh, that you like to do and do it. Uh, I want to incorporate the second part of this question that I saw that he he posted in here because um, I think it'd be it'd be good and, and could get boss involved a little bit more. Uh, he asks, "What are some things you think about as you're playing a game through for a review?" Uh, what are questions you ask yourself? How can you look at a game critically without seeming nitpicky? In other words. How do you write up a good review and be a good voice for someone to refer to? Um, Carrick, I, I want you to start this off because quite honestly, I, I will say in all truth that I, I stumbled a lot with my reviews and then you and I started talking on a more regular basis and I think I just kind of, you, you became my dad, my review dad, and uh, I, I improved from there. So I, I want you to kind of kick that one off. Um, I have a friend that we talk about games for the last like 30 years. So what I, when I review, I am quite literally pretending I'm talking to him. Hmm. That's legitimately what I'm doing. Those would be the discussions, the jokes I drop. Those are the jokes that I drop when he is here. 
Like that is literally what we're doing. The stupid things that get into a video like cuts or like the one from man of Medan where the chicks like come at me shark. And it's the dumbest narrative you've <laughs> ever seen in a game. That is something we would replay just like I did in the review. And so what I've found is the easiest way to do it is that like, I, I find that pretending I'm explaining it to somebody who asked me, cause that's how I got started in reviews was friends. I was the gamer. They were side gamers. Mm-hmm. So they would say, I don't have, I don't have the game. I know you do. What do you like about it? And I would describe it. And then once YouTube came around, I was like, oh, I can just, I can put this on YouTube and the same thing. So I don't really think of much other than like technical stuff. I'm always trying to verify, you know, frame rates and stuff like that. That shit's probably the most difficult because sometimes a game will have variable frame rate or something. Fuck. Is it 30? Is it 25? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like that's what I would do is I, I pretend like I explain it, but some people don't. Some people are very podcast oriented where they don't say categories they just talk some people are very scripted to where you can tell it's like it's very scripted that works too i mean it's youtube right is there really a right way to because the smallest crowd on youtube guys is going to be hundreds of thousands of people yeah like so if you're a niche reviewer on youtube you're probably going to be doing fine because there's going to be you're going to find out there's 100,000 people across the world who want to see what you're talking about. And it can be almost mm-hmm. about anything. Yeah. I'd say uh, what I think about when I'm reviewing, um, I, I it's funny you mentioned the social aspect of it because I often get questions because, you know, to a lot of my friends, you know, they're, they're into gaming, but they know I'll get like early access to some of them. So they'll be like, hey, man, what do you think of this game, you know, a month after the fact? And, and, and instead of me just, like, reciting everything, I just literally copy the link on my channel, send it to them. Like, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> like, why, Watch that. That's exactly what I would say to you. And I'm yeah. going to save my thumbs the exercise here. Um, so there is a social aspect that started to play a factor. What I also did was um, I keep a notebook in front of me with a pen, and I just write down what I see. Because what happens is you sit down to script – and I look at that notebook and I reference it quite a bit. Um, and, and it's almost like a verification process, I guess. Um, like I'll write down, for example, if a skill tree has a hunter, uh, uh, we'll say a stealth. And uh, we'll just say it's got those two skill trees, rather, a hunter and a stealth. And I want to make sure I mention that in the, the part where I'm talking about the gameplay and the progression systems. I want to make sure I have that data right so I'll have it written down in my book. Um, stuff like that helps me a lot because what my focus of my review is, is always just data. It's like, how much information can I give you about the product? Cause I'll see IGN who's steadily improved with increasing the length of their reviews, but I'll see all these major outlets and some even creators make four minute, five minute reviews on like a, a 60 hour game. And I'm like, that's so much time you spent with it. And you walked away with five minutes of things to talk about. Like I almost feel upset with myself when I don't have enough to say, which is something I used to, I used to have like eight minute videos on a, a game and I'm like, there's gotta be more to it. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I, I just think to myself, what would I also want to know? And maybe it's a little yeah. self-centered, but it works. So like, do I want, you know, this is an RPG. What do I want to know about an RPG? Okay. I want to know story. Is it good? I want to know choices. Are they there? I want to know how I build my character. I want to know exploration. I want to know music. How are the gameplay systems affected by the RPG mechanics? Like that's where I focus. So it goes game to game. And you have to, to think critically about it. I guess you just have to, like, yeah, I've covered a lot of Borderlands. Yeah, I've covered a lot of Greedfall. But when you just walk in, I don't know. It's like this mentality of just 
whatever. Paying attention for me. Yeah, yeah. I just it's like I, a big I, mentality of paying yeah. attention. I, I agree. That's probably a better way of putting it because my word in my head is whatever. That's what I think. I'm like whatever. Like you know, you no. Know, I thing, think what you mean is what, bad thing. you also probably mean whatever I see. I need to identify if I need to tell. Yeah, somebody. I think that like, yeah, it goes. On, it's like a branching word. It's like whatever yeah. I see, I write down. Whatever happens, happens. Happens. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I like this game. I'm excited for it. But this is my review. And so. people will pretend whatever. like there's one way to do it, dude. There's there's legitimate. Everyone's not. got a process. Like, it, it, everybody's got and and you'll find somebody who does. You know. They'll do a three-minute review or whatever, and for some people, that'll be enough because maybe they followed them long enough and have mm. been like, if the person had an issue, because I do know some people do uh, issue reviews where they do a review, but they never cover anything unless there's an issue. So they'll just talk about the game, and then if there's an FPS issue, if it's not at assault, they will mention that. That also works. I, it's mm-hmm. not the way I do things, but that, I, I've, that's legitimate. People always pretend there's one way to do it. You see it all the time. You and I have seen it. I've, you and I've seen it on videos we both covered of the same game, where somebody mm. would be like, "Well, Maddie said this," and you're like, "Yeah, Maddie noticed that." Yeah, like that's that's why you don't just watch one fucking person ever. Absolutely. Ever. Uh, boss, got anything to add in for being critical on games? I don't know if you've ever jotted up a review yourself, or um... uh, I've got a, I've got a few Steam reviews that I've posted. Uh, some of them got Perfect. a little bit little popular, but you know, I do. Um, I. I I guess a, a good way to look at it from my perspective is like if a friend or or someone in general were just to ask me or even someone in the discord like how would I like because I do consider that whenever I play a game I sort of think like how would I recommend this to somebody especially if it's something I really enjoy mm-hmm. you know and I have to uh, and, and I think to myself like I want to um, like you said I don't want to just say like oh it's good buy it like I want to give the them a, a detailed breakdown so i'll look for things and notice things and see little details and be like yeah i like that i like that maybe this person will like it too and so i sort of treat it as like a general like how would i describe sort of like my experience playing yeah. through it? and then sort of kind of um and sort of use that as sort of a reflection uh when i talk to another person so i guess a, a, an example recently would be like total warhammer 2 right so i had a friend of mine recently uh, notice I was playing that game a lot. <laughs> he saw my time on it and everything on Steam. And he was like, I don't know, I'm not really like into Total War. Like They're all historical games. And I even told them, like, yeah, I wasn't really into the older games, too. Medieval 2 is treated like this masterpiece. And I'd probably get lynched if I dared say that it wasn't this perfect 10 out of 10 you know, cl- classic on the PC uh, that everybody absolutely has to love. Um, it's It's not. Or I, I okay, I, I take back what I said. Don't, please don't kill me. But I'm basically you, you get what I'm saying. Where it's like yeah. I I can relate to them on that level, and I can basically say like, here's why you would like as a Total War fan, as a Warhammer fan, or just as somebody that really likes these kinds of um over right. the top you know real time strategy games. And I'll sort of look at it from multiple approaches. Like how like if if they fit into one of these categories, then my thoughts could uh uh could mean something to them you know Mm -hmm. if i look at it as just a warhammer fan i'm not accounting for the people that would probably like it as a total war fan if i'm just looking at it purely as a total war fan i'm not going to account for the people that look at it as like general you know just general rts fans people that like stuff like starcraft and command and conquer so i try to look at it from multiple points of views and if they're just not interested they're just not interested Mm -hmm. which is fine so when i type up my reviews or some of my reviews i usually try to look at it from uh multiple uh angles like that 
like, and here's why you would like it for these reasons. And here's probably why you would not like it. And it's not I, necessarily things I hate, but it could be factors for why somebody else wouldn't like it. I think that's hugely important. Um, and I should have mentioned it because I talk about that fucking all the time. Sorry for no, my Windows machine just was like, we have an update. <laughs> um, <laughs> he mentioned something that <clears throat> absolutely everybody should do unless they align a context of the starting. And that is look at it from if you if you played the games prequels or games like that in a genre and then if somebody hasn't and because there are people who will get so mad and be like this game is not as good as final fantasy 7 and i always try to remind them that most of the people i'm talking to were not even sperm in their daddy's fucking balls at that age <laughs> like they weren't they legit have no there is no correlation whatsoever you can give them to even understanding that comment. Yeah. So you have to say compared to like recent games or what's in yeah, it right then. Every, it's huge. It's huge. it's funny you mentioned that. A lot of a lot of what we're talking about is getting fleshed out and you start to realize how much of a, a process it really is and how much it becomes ingrained in you. Um, I was going to say it's sort of instinct now. Yeah, yeah, exactly cuz like I didn't even think about like every game's a story. Like there's a developmental story leading up to the title where uh, yeah, if you played seven, and then the next game you played—I don't know who this would be—but the next Final Fantasy game you played was fifteen, and you see this action combat in the middle. It says press square to block, and you're like, "Wait, what? Like this is so different." Uh, but there's like a story leading up to the launch, saying like, "We're doing this with the combat. This is the reason we're doing it." Uh, and I tend to incorporate some of that data into my review, uh, mentioning stuff and passing by because I think that overall shapes up reasoning uh, and, yeah. and 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 context. Yeah, gets yeah exactly, and it weeds out just the because what I try to do, one of my pure motivators in any video, is to weed out the. And it happens a lot in in YouTube where you'll you know someone will like mispronounce something right, and all the comments are like it's pronounced this way right, and there's nothing about uh, in an eleven minute video. Yeah, it's not about the content, which is fine. I I think it's kind of a running joke at this point. Um, but my goal is to eliminate as many questions as possible so that every question remaining yeah. is different. Yeah. Everyone has a different minor inquiry about the game, which is why I concluded all my reviews with, if you have any questions, fire away down below. I'll try my best to get back to you because what I want is to maybe go in on a bunch of these systems, try to fully explain them. And if you have lingering questions afterwards, I can try because uh, some of my reviews do really well. Some don't. Um, so if it's like not super popping off where every con comments getting like bubbled up to the top immediately, um, I, I try to hop in there and answer them as soon as possible. Um, cause I think it's, it's a whole package. I think it's not just the review. It's the response afterwards. If you tweet me, you comment me, that's all part of your purchasing decision. It's not just the video alone. So there's a lot uh, to it that I just don't another think thing Maddie does prior, but doesn't do after. And I should have told him I, w I started doing this for the last couple of months. I've been saying, if you have any questions, we'll cover them in the podcast. That's and probably a better idea. <laughs> it, it's um, well, yours is better because it's right there. And a person may it, there's, there's something there, but when it comes to the podcast, what I like is usually it's like you and I, and maybe one or two other people but we have different experiences. So like, let's say we both played the game and you saw the question and we mm -hmm. talk about it. Then a person who had that can get a ton of data that even a even an answer on Twitter or an answer on YouTube probably wouldn't get into. And I've found it's worked really well, even for people watching the, the pod where I've seen people jump in the podcast and be like, Hey, you said to come here because I have a question about control or whatever. Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, great. That works. And then you can, 
walk really around the question it. and yeah. really go into it. Yeah. And it gives you podcast. It gives you continuity between what you covered and what you're covering at your in, in your week, which gotcha. happens for you and I gotcha. to be that Friday capstone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last question comes from Adam. Destroy the grave. <clears throat> he actually got this in just about uh 50 minutes before our normal recording time he said oh man almost out of time to get a question in but he was actually he was actually good for today because we started a little bit later uh so far in 2019 what has been the most overrated and or so this is optional to either side of it underrated game that has had a full release as in not an early access or something that you have reviewed pre-release um I imagine the pre-release stuff is like in case we're embargoed from talking about anything to not incorporate that. Um, so most overrated and or underrated game in 2019. You guys could do either or or uh, both of them. I can't think of anything that I've... Nothing jumps off the page that's overrated. I, I just don't really like the term overrated personally. I guess I could say a game I didn't enjoy as much as a lot of other people did, but I've kind of enjoyed pretty much everything I've played this year and Mm -hmm. the stuff that, and I just kind of avoided some of the stuff that I'd heard wasn't that great or did okay, but just didn't seem like it was for me. I've I've got answers. I looked up my, my list. Okay. Here we go. You you go first. Overrated. Here we go. People are going to hate me. Days gone without a shadow of a doubt. Oh God. That's even, that's rated high. (laughs) Well, Higher than I would have rated it because uh, oh, and, and I get oh oh he's not talking about he's ta- oh I was talking about other reviewers because I saw people giving it really high scores. I'm no, like, yeah, that'd be overrated. That, um, that would be overrated. That okay, so to me, yeah. yes, I saw I, I and especially when I saw them saying we had like game crashing, corrupting saves, and they were still saying you know this is fine. That kind of shit just really bothers me. If they didn't have them, doesn't bother me at all. But I saw a lot of that coming up with Days Gone. And this is a game where the developers themselves said they knew there were those issues. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't argue. The dev is saying it. And then underrated War War Z. And I mean underrated, again, in the fact that Mist not rolled up into a PR cycle. So I might be skewing what he's asking. But I don't think War War Z was expected by anybody to do well. And I think underrated also means just unexpected for me personally and world war z is a great shooter it is an absolute blast to play yeah it's fun. and uh it feels like that one sekiro might be for you maddie because you do like sekiro i know sekiro sekiro is a good game though i i don't i can't i oh, always so you're just i always okay. dictate overrated as in it is clearly not that great and people are caught up in some type of fad or excitement for it. And once things it settle just down, for you. I will say overrated and, and people will fucking get pissed at this one. But the alpha for Modern Warfare was overrated. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't get to you do it. Was it? That, I got some shit for that. Yeah. I mean, it oh, gradually sorry. evened sorry. out. Like, my like to dislike was 50-50. I think, actually, because now the new YouTube analytics gives you a percentage. I think it went up to 75. So more people have started to come in and been like, yeah, I agree. But initially, when I said, like, yeah, look, the Modern Warfare Alpha felt really clunky, slow, there was some jank, um, and, and we're only a couple months out. Like, I don't really like what I played as much. Uh, that doesn't mean it's bad. It just didn't feel as smooth. And a lot of people, a lot of people were like, bro, what? Like, it's so much better. And to that, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, everyone's got their own taste. But I really, like, I saw people saying it was the best shooter ever. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Like, I saw some really extreme extremes 
Um, I guess that's what I meant with until uh, or yeah. Days Gone is yeah. people, not necessarily critics, but people were like, "What?" And I, I, this I think is that blah, blah, game, blah, and you're just that game will be good. I want to test it in a six v six environment, and I want to. I'm, my excitement's more reserved for the campaign, and I don't want yeah, to conflate right. those because I, I think multiplayer will always be multiplayer. But my excitement is reserved for Do you have something under, that's going to be new. Underrated one. Dragon Quest Builders 2. Especially now that Minecraft has become a thing yet again. Dragon <laughs> Quest Builders 2 times like 50,000. Holy crap. Because that is a great game. I think I played like 70 hours of that and I'm still going. Uh, I thought it had some charming writing. And you know what's funny is I tried the Dragon Quest 11 demo. And that goes down as one of those games that I want to like. But I just... It just felt too much of a standard JRPG foray for me to get into. Mm-hmm. I like the character design because it's, it's by Akira Toriyama who did Dragon Ball. Which is like my favorite shit ever. Um, but I just like the, the writing and the, um, the, the world and the quest, just nothing really grabbed me. Uh, and that doesn't mean it's bad. It just didn't grab me. So that's, I think that's more of a testament to how great I think Dragon Quest Builders 2 is. I think it captures something special in that universe that can grab someone like me who maybe may not enjoy currently the mainline RPG, uh, that recently released. I won't talk about the rest of the series, but, uh, yeah, I just think, especially with Minecraft, that game's not going to get any more looks than it previously did. (laughs) because uh, like yeah, every- can't because everybody's seen it yeah the, the earth has seen that game yeah mm-hmm. and so uh for those who are curious about it i have a full kind of review on my channel and how i think it's it's just it, my my most fun game of the year so far um i just love building um you can go online and then download people's blueprints and then build other people's buildings in your own islands you can randomly generate islands and produce stuff there there's quests to do you can get uh, it, it's kind of like a, a mix between an action RPG and, and a village builder, and I really like that because it's not as like gigantic as Minecraft where it's like build this building and, and pretend it's something, whereas right. uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2 actually has like machines in place and, and things that have s- served certain purposes, and that in turn limits some things. Like Minecraft's very freeform, and that's what's great about Minecraft, but I like how... Um, I can create a room and, and based off the stuff I put in the room, I can make either like a, a smithy or a fancy smithy or a smithy in a kitchen, like something like that, I think is really great about that game. And so I, that would go down as easily the most underrated game of this year for me. So stupidly underrated. Was it underrated? I haven't looked at the reviews of that. Was it underrated just by uh, people or were critics um I think it reviewed uh, well. Reviewing it low. It reviewed yeah, well. Yeah, it, so it, it well. So it's yours amazing. is sort of like mine, where the over over underrated is more based on like the fans you're seeing talking about it. Yeah, know, and it doesn't mean I want it. less on Minecraft and more on on Dragon no, Quest it. builders. It's more so just that I feel if people really like Minecraft, they would like what Dragon Quest and builders they're overlooking offers. it. Yeah, I just yeah, think Dragon sense. Quest builders is one of its biggest faults is it, it demands patience to get to the co-op which is something a lot of people do in minecraft you have to play oh, for 15 to 20 hours to unlock it it's insanity yeah, oh, wow. it's- yeah it's and actually that- stupid <laughs> the pauses at the starting which you know me i hate the yeah. cat and persona i don't like the pauses in that mm-hmm. it, that didn't it bother me as much work but... yeah because i warned you I yeah. still believe that it's because I warned you, but I'll, I, I won't. I won't say that I did. But it could have been, been short, a little back of the head effect. Like, oh, I know yeah. this is happening, so it's not as bad. Yeah, but I get, I get what you're saying because I enjoy even even when I the reason why I got mad at it was because I was enjoying the goddamn stuff mm-hmm. and I want to continue doing it. And when mm-hmm. I get stopped, mm-hmm. so I I can see why you think that though because it makes sense. There's a lot in that game, and when you get a those lot. villagers working for you and you're putting the shit in the chest, oh, it's the best. and you don't have to do that stuff, there's something 
that's yeah, it's what's... like a there's something about that. Well, that's what I love about the blueprint system online is you can get people shit, place it on your island, get the materials, put it in a chest, and then and have your villagers it. do it while you go do something else. Yeah. I'm guilty, though, of loving that feeling in any game, any game. It doesn't matter what it is. Of Two Probably birds, one stone. Too. I love two yeah. birds, one stone. Just being able to do something else while something else is being accomplished, whether it's like in Assassin's Creed when you could have the ship and you'd send people off to do yep. side missions, and then yeah. you like go see around and, and and do something else. Oh my god, man! I love that feeling. It's so good. I think you would also say Metro Exodus might be overrated, right? After we talked, I thought you were you the one who wasn't a huge fan of Metro. Yeah, because it yeah. got really good reviews. Overall. Yeah, that that might be a better answer than uh, if I'm talking a full game. Um, I really thought that. Exodus lost a lot of what I liked about between the other. Yeah, yeah, I think it lost a lot. I think it's linearity because the thing is, is Exodus it had brilliant linear parts, and I think that's why it solidified what I believed about the game. Where when it went to open area, I just didn't feel that same enjoyment. Um, it was a beautiful game though. Um, I also got really. Fr- I just think I got a. I got dealt a bad hand with that game too because like. With the uh, the ending, I did like I didn't kill a soul when it came to like actual civilians, so to speak. Right, and I got like the evil ending. You got the ba- you got the bad. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm just like I yeah. looked at I was like that can't be the I just, like I just got that feeling. <laughs> I was like that's not that's not how that's this not ends. the good ending. Yeah, and that's I looked Garrett's it up good and, and I saw the good ending. I'm like, because oh. that's the thing. A lot of people are like, I can enjoy the whole game, and if the ending's bad, I can still like the whole game. But what happens is it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I can I can walk away and like the whole game and not like an ending, but uh, it's just that last like cherry on top, like that good old fuck you, Maddie. Like you know you didn't like a lot of what was here, and guess what? Bad ending too. You know, so uh, it doesn't take away from it, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, ah, just put me right over the top. <laughs> I was looking at the reviews for that game, and even I, who li- who liked it, mm-hmm. was he's shocked at how high some of these are. I mean, we're yeah. getting 9.7s and 9.5s out of 10. And it's wow. Like, wow. That's, there's a, there was a lot of things wow. that were intrinsic that no one could miss that it occurred there. And it surprised, you know, some mm. of its parts, maybe it's bigger than the sum of that. It's fair, but those scores actually it's surprised just that me. that first area is so the good. First area. Um, oh, the, the, oh, it starts with a K. Right. I think first yeah. area is so freaking good and i just think after that it goes downhill the desert falls apart yeah the Once desert you get after that i was okay a, but the desert was a because because you go from you instantly get a good feeling of the pace because you have this great open area clearly had a lot of focus yeah. and design lots of interesting things spread throughout and then you go into the uh place i will not spoil really really good probably my favorite part of the whole story you're like wow we're rolling and then you get to this next part and you're like what the f- what and it's just like go do shit yeah, and it's yeah. like this is a whole shift in focus now. Uh, it, yeah, so it's like it's one of those games that I think is is flawed, but it's okay. And I mentioned that in in my my late but necessary opinion video for Metro Exodus, which people were like, "It's not late." I'm actually waiting for the get for it to get off uh, the Epic Game Store. So for the a Epic lot of people, it was, it was a timely review. They were like, "I wanted to see this now." Um, which was one of the few times like late contents worked out for me. Um, right, but it was yeah, it was great to. To see that a lot of people, I thought a lot of people would really blow up my shit for that one because I was like, I I love Metro and I did not like this game. And a lot of people who love Metro love this one the most. Um, And and I know it's a testament to how much I didn't like it because um, they they announced DLCs out for it like just a couple of days ago. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to go play it. 
Yeah, that's an indicator. Yeah. Oh, man, that really sucks, man. Yeah. But that's the thing is I don't want people to think, like, they shouldn't play it because I think the things that I don't like is because I very much love what was in 2033 and Last Light, and a lot of that gets shaken off more than I expected yeah, going into going into Exodus. Um, I thought the – I th- and I'll be the first to admit, I was the one preaching that, like, the changes they were making were smart. They were the right choices, and I still don't think they were bad choices, but they just didn't end in a product that I liked as much. That's fair. Uh, uh, one thing I'd bring up, Maddie, just because I looked at the uh, pod questions, you skipped one question right I after did. Kopi and before Destroy the Grave oh, by Johnsonville. Yeah, you know, I saw that, and I was like, don't forget this because I'm going one, two, and I was going this, back, and I This is still. long. To be fair, this is this is a block of friggin' text. Uh, so yeah, I, that's for you. But uh, secondly, I didn't really have much of an answer for overrated game until I whipped out Open Critic to look up Dragon Quest uh builders just to see that score um which by the way 95 percent uh recommended and uh it's a mighty rating on open critic but i saw sekiro and according to open critics uh 2019 hall of fame it is the third highest rated game of the year now i love sekiro uh i platinum the game on uh, ps4 so i beat i got all the endings i got all the upgrades i did pretty much everything possible for that game i'm probably never going to replay it again um, I, have but I, did who, really... I have a friend, not to interrupt you, who has replayed that game yeah. 14 times. Yeah, no. <laughs> 14 times. And I have another friend who replayed run? it six times. Yeah, he can speedrun in like three hours, four hours, something oh, like that. God. Yeah, like they have played it a lot. They love it. I don't like it that much. It's crazy. Yeah. And, I, and I'm coming from this as someone who really likes it. Like, I, I don't want to give an arbitrary number to it directly, but if I were to like... <clears throat> rate it on my scale it'd be like an eight out of ten it's a great game third best reviewed game according to open critic and this is just according to open critic but third highest reviewed game i don't know i got a laundry list of things i have uh, problems with that game uh from the fact that this frame rate for me at least on ps4 just didn't want to go above 40 it felt like which just made the game feel a little weird and uh, the camera could fucking suck my dick. I'm sorry to be a little blunt, <laughs> but the camera, me off the, the camera in that game is like the villain. Like, it's, that is the actual bad guy. Like, the final <laughs> boss is the camera. Because uh, I feel... And, you know, a lot of my deaths were due to skill, too. But there were times where I'd enter areas and the camera would just, like, try to kill me. It wanted me to die. Mm-hmm. And it would just go up into the ceiling mm-hmm. or into the ground and I couldn't see my character dodger avoid attacks and sometimes I'd jump up and because I had the auto lock on I'd jump over like a boss or an enemy and then the camera would just have a seizure and then it would come back and the enemy has already laid an attack on me and mm-hmm. and it's there's also that general like uh you see it in a lot of video essays that talk about dark souls and stuff there's a small layer of like noticeable from soft cheats uh, or like cheapness in some of the games where it's like oh yeah you were meant to die here and i've never liked that like they treat it as a gotcha in some of the games dark souls 2 is like infamous for doing this like i opened a door and it was literally just a a fucking hole in the ground Mm. and it i was just like yeah no screw you um (laughs) and you could tell it wanted me to go in because there's like this massive pile of blood on the ground right behind the door um and Sekiro doesn't have a lot of that, but there are some moments where I go into an area and I'm just like, yeah, some of the enemy attacks I think are way too fast, like inhumanly fast to counter. And like, like I said, I've beaten the game four times, and there are a lot of attacks from enemies that I just cannot 
like figure out like I know how to counter them and I kill them perfectly fine but there are some enemies that just are at inhuman levels of speed where I'm just like I have no idea anybody is able to dodge this and I know the game's hard but there are some enemies where it's like you're not going to know how to counter them until it friggin kills you and I have a little bit of an issue with that personally um, yeah I that's I've been told that a million <laughs> times from a I know, but there's a friend, my, my roommate and slash friend of mine literally said that to me. <laughs> like, and I, I actually got into a big old argument with him, and he sucks worse at the game than me. Um, and we were sort of running for the platinum against each other, and I beat him by like two hours, so we were sort of competing for that. But I remember uh, some of the bosses, too, like, I beat like stuff like the Demon of Hatred, and a lot of people consider that to be like this amazing boss. I want to just ask the person that designed that boss or came up with that boss idea, like, what what exactly were they thinking? Like, that must have been some kind of sadistic, just dopamine rush for them to come up with, like, I'm going to kill so many players with this thing. That thing <laughs> felt cheap as hell. Once I got to, like, the third stage and it whipped out the ring of fire, I literally said out loud, fuck you, and it crossed my house. And my dad walked outside, and I sounded, like, genuinely pissed off. Like, someone was there and, like, just robbed me. And I, you, a lot of people could boil that down to just, like, oh, you just need to get good. I, I'm just going to tell anybody that says that in the comments if they do get to this point. I beat the game four times. I platinumed it. I thought it was a great game. But there's still a layer of cheapness and just uh, some of the technical stuff. So like I said, the, the frame rate just didn't run too great for me on Pro. Um, and the uh, camera, which is by far my biggest issue. It's less of an issue in Dark Souls because that's a much slower-paced game, I feel. Mm -hmm. And it's still an issue in those games for a lot of people um, because the auto-lock-on isn't always totally reliable and sometimes the camera does get stuck on stuff. But that game is at least slow-paced enough to where you could kind of avoid that in most instances. Mm -hmm. Whereas Sekiro, it felt like the faster and more responsive I got, the more the camera wanted me to die because it was just going all over the place after a while. And uh, so that would be, like, my somewhat overrated game response is I really like it, and it's definitely one of my favorite games of the year, but I feel it's a too highly valued within that sp the community that really adores it, I think, uh, is the best way I could put it. Um, but, you know, just as many people could counter me and be like, oh, you just got to do this, this, and this, and I'll just be like, fair enough. You know, the inhuman speed, someone is probably just so skilled that they've never been hit in the game and there are no hit runs uh nice i'm not right. ever i'm not ever gonna attempt that mm -hmm. but you you could probably see where i'm coming from a little bit where it's just it, to me it's just a little too much in some areas um and that's coming from a souls fan because i've platinumed i think all the games except for two on ps4 so i i know my souls guys just a just a heads mm -hmm. up you're an expert. But uh, as for underrated games, this is, again, another cheat, but I'm going to kind of count it because it just got an expansion like a month or two months ago. Um, and that's uh, Warhammer 40K Mechanicus. And this one, I'd literally heard nothing of it. And you know me, I love 40K. And I had heard nothing on this game. And if people did talk about it, I just totally missed it or blanked out on it. And I went all this time without playing it, 
And I loved it so much that I actually bought it full price. Because I bought it on a sale, and then I bought it full price for a friend of mine that I knew would love it. Like we said before when we were talking about like how we That's awesome. approach how we approach reviewing a game. And I approached him as like a fan of Warhammer and a fan of tactics games, and I said, dude, you have to play this. I've never I it's been probably a at least a year or two since I've been that confident recommending a game to somebody was when I approached my friend and literally bought him a copy of Mechanicus and said, you have to play this. And sure enough, he fell in love with it. So awesome. for anybody that doesn't know, Mechanicus is sort of like a turn-based, uh, sort of a, sort of a turn-based um, uh, tactics game based in Warhammer 40K where you play tech priests. If you're familiar with the lore, they're basically cyborgs just to put it bluntly. And there's all these different gadgets and abilities and builds and stuff like that. And you fight uh, Necrons, which are like an alien robot race uh, through these tombs. It's a long game, too. It took me like 40 hours to beat it. Hmm. Um, and it's got a story and characters. Not that important, but you might get some fun uh, fluff and references out of it if you're a 40K fan. Uh, but I think what impressed me the most was how much... It seemed like they played both XCOM and Divinity Original Sin 2 and said... What if we took elements of both of these and put it in? And it's got like the the gear and equipment and customization of your characters of XCOM, but it also has all the abilities and, and cooldown based uh, uh, spells in the AP system, similar to something like Divinity Original Sin. And I found that a very good combo. And it's not perfect. Um, it's it's definitely got some flaws. It's a little too slow, in my opinion, uh, which is a criticism I have of uh, Original Sin. Yeah, but overall, it's it's very quality. It's highly polished. It ran buttery smooth for me. I the only glitches I found were like little visual bugs, and and sometimes the uh, the display wouldn't pop up when I wanted to move my character. But outside of that, it was a it was a solid ride. Um, and I felt like, and I got it with the expansion, which added like five new missions, which each last a good chunk of time, and one really fucking hard boss uh, that they added to it and uh, new gear and a new class and stuff. So they added a pretty substantial amount of content for what I think was like eight bucks uh, nice. for an expansion. And I really, really enjoyed it. Like, I definitely recommend it to any anybody that's a fan of 40K and uh, and uh, turn-based uh, tactics game. Cool. But yeah, those are my two picks. Awesome. Uh, that's all the questions we have. We had one from Pivotal Pilot. We'll save that for, for next week because we're running at two hours and 15 minutes and it's about to hit 8 p.m. here. I am starving. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if at some point Maddie was just going to be like, continue and go get yeah. pasta or something. <laughs> I, like, I, I was wondering. I was, oh, I'm running off jambalaya for like 30. five hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie's, Maddie's little body is it's yeah. just, I'm hung. I'm hangry. Yeah, I, I do get a case of the hangry. Not that I was sitting here pissed off, but I do. My, my girlfriend no, no, no. always no. teases face, me about your it. Your face looks a little red right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, boss. First off, we appreciate you coming on. This has yeah, been long sure. overdue, and we're glad to have you back. It's been two and a half years because it was mm -hmm. March. I looked up the video I was on last time. It was when the Xbox Game Pass came out. Wow, think about really? Wow, that's see, how long it's ago. Funny that video is, was. It, what's funny is I remember it like it was yesterday, though. Like I remember you coming on. I remember you called Carrot Carrock. Like you know, it was. I yeah, <laughs> and my my terrible excuse, all my that. terrible excuse for that. Um, <laughs> I remember that, but <laughs> I rewatched a bit of the old one, and uh, I just like to apologize again for talking over you guys so badly. Oh, dude, I don't. Last one. I don't. We, me and Carrick embrace that. <clears throat> we don't it just was... say that to blow smoke up your ass, but like, yeah. <laughs> you know, we we want we we would rather you talk up a fucking storm 
then yeah. someone come on and sit there in silence because then we get a little on edge because we're like, are they good? They wanted to come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we talk about that all the time. Yeah. Like it's Sometimes way worse it's having somebody. Some... Yeah. yeah. We'd rather you just. Oh, we need a hashtag, though, before we end this. We forgot it last week. We did it the week before. Mm-hmm. And we saw pe- I saw people on Twitter for the hashtag. Yes. Um, yeah, we did have a couple. Let's see. What are the, let's see, what are the uh, questions we're about? Hmm. hmm. A lot of things about like creating reviews. Yeah, a lot of it was creating focused. Hashtag create something. We get a lot of people asking us something about creating. Just create. We did. We did. Yeah, let's do it. Just create. You want to do that? Just create. create. Yeah, hashtag just create. Yeah, whether it's in the Discord, on Twitter, just tag uh, Carrick and I, and and of course, boss. And um, yeah, let us know that you got this deep. Anyway, for sure. ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 217 of the Ham Radio Podcast. We appreciate your time, energy, focus, or maybe we're just noise in the background on a Sunday afternoon. Whatever way you brought us into your life, we appreciate you, and we will catch you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out. Uh.